Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast for the week of May 30th, 2009. It is our pre-E3 uh, preview. And sorry, got interrupted there by my cat. As soon as I said pre-E3, she just started meowing at me like really loudly. Apparently, she's excited. Are you guys excited for E3? I'm excited. <laughs> are you guys excited for E3? What are you looking uh, forward to next week at the large video game industry show? Okay, look, Chris. <laughs> last year, I watched the Nintendo uh, presentation live from E3, yeah. and it was the worst hour of my Wasn't life. Wasn't it terrible? <laughs> I, I, I still think the one before was worse when it was just Cammy for the most part. I think just Cammy is going to be better than anything that has Ravi drums in it. Oh, you're right. Robbie Drums was bad. Like, everyone's expecting a big Nintendo reveal. No, and it, you're no, right. All the dorks. Robbie Drums. Anything the, but that. Yeah, all the dorks playing the little instruments uh, on their Wiimotes. Oh, Worst hour of my life. I was there in person. <laughs> Don't forget that. I, I had, I had to experience hey, it. That was the time where you turned around, and it was like, oh my god, the people. Yeah, there GPD like- was there from Cheap Ass Gamer and uh, Shipwreck from the Cheap Ass Foreplay podcast. Yeah, that was cool. So yeah, I got to fan out a little bit, but still yeah. the podcast or the uh, not the podcast, the press conference <laughs> itself was pretty uh, yeah. terrible. Right. This, this is the only year I've been to a press conference where Nintendo basically sent out an apology note afterwards. <laughs> 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 it, it, it wasn't written as such, but it was a little card that came in the mail. Thank you for coming and supporting us. We we hope you look forward to our games. We're excited to do a lot of blah, blah, blah. Please don't hate us. <laughs> it, was, it was very weird to get an, a little letter from Nintendo like that. <laughs> On the bright side, you could be dead. No. <laughs> On the bright side, you could be dead. <laughs> what? Maybe their original plan was for the Ravi drums part to give everyone epilepsy and die. <laughs> <laughs> they failed. They did fail. <laughs> it was Pokemon Phase 2. <laughs> Pokemon. Oh, All right. What? They had the Pokemon episode years ago. They gave people gave children. Epi- yeah, the the Porygon yeah, episode. Yeah, the one that we actually didn't get in North America. Yeah, I, they had censored it already. Boiled them. They take the brightness way down and cut the length of the scene and all this other stuff. And yeah, they could just have Pikachu not do disco for that one scene. Replace it with something uh, less deadly, <laughs> like the cheat. I just can't believe that. Uh. <laughs> the cheat. Did I you just make a Homestar reference? Deadly. Yeah. <laughs> what? What is this? Two thousand and four. Hey, don't don't give me lip. I'm not that old. Okay. You're not, you're not four <laughs> years old. All right. I think you're the only one on the podcast currently that has a child. Yeah. Currently. Yeah. currently. It seems to change week to week. You never know after E3. You know, those boobs get great. Oh. <laughs> Love children from L.A. All right. So, Eva Paul, some feet. Um, you know what I need to do before we go on? And since this is our second time re- re- doing this, I forgot to do it. Introductions. I'm your host, Chris Privetier. We've also got Anne-Marie Neufeld, reviewer and other things for the site. Say hi, Anna, so people know who you are. Oh. <laughs> I just figured you were whipping through them. Hi, everybody. All right, I got Glenn Wilson, um, person who keeps trying to escape the site but does so unsuccessfully. Until then, he's also done reviews and certain other column posts. Yeah, what am I? I don't know. You're I'm here. just the other stuff. You're the Balls other stuff. reviews and other stuff. I do other stuff and try to quit. Yeah, try to quit. <laughs> We've got uh, Manny Ramirez for the first time on the podcast. Who does Emmanuel Marino. Emmanuel Marino. <laughs> you know what's sad? All the My brain same, actually right? thought that was the correct answer. <laughs> I was jokingly trying to come out with his, with his name <laughs> earlier and said Ramirez. 
Oh gosh, I'm I'm so bad. All right, Emmanuel Marino. Yes. Which I think sounds just as valid of a sports name. I'm going to stand by that. That is, I expect to see that in baseball at some point. Um, and then uh, finally, we've got uh, Victor Belbion, whose name I have finally figured out. Mm-hmm. Because it's Armenian. Part. It's not one of them dirty Hispanic it's names. It's Armenian? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, Manny, this is your first time on the show, so I'm wondering if you give us a little introduction about yourself, what kind of games you like, how you found RP Gamer, that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been a member of RP Gamer since 2003. Um, I've always loved RPGs, and I've read the site ever since then. And once I graduated college, I was lucky enough to find an opening in the Kearns Column Department. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been here off and on ever since. <laughs> but you were a member <laughs> since 2003? What the hell does that mean? <laughs> we, have, we have no premium membership, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we have no members. <laughs> we have only silent readers. Maybe he signed into the message boards? Yeah, I was, uh, I was a member on the forum since 2003. I've been reading the site for... Uh, did you post well, anything? I posted a lot of stuff, but luckily they all got deleted. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they all get deleted? They're not there anymore. My oh. post count's gone, but that's great. Oh. Yeah, I think you lied. The part where you joined in 2003. I got a new username. Mm. Um, um, forums are crap, so we're going to fix that. <laughs> all right, so. What are your favorite games? Um, I love the Front Mission series. I love uh, Oblivion, Fallout. You name it. Mostly Western RPGs, I think. Ooh, oh, there you go. Good. You're a good person. He's going to be Victor's good friend. <laughs> we right. like you. Yeah, we like you now. You're good. <laughs> At least I like you. <laughs> we like you so now. Loved. You're good. You have What's your favorite opinion? RPG that's not a wonderful Western RPG, but is instead a subpar Japanese one? Right. Uh, Skies of Arcadia, but it was not subpar. Oh, that's that's tough to hate. I love Skies of Arcadia. <laughs> Ethan convinced me to buy it last year, but I haven't tried it yet. It's very good. It's Sky Pirates. You can't go wrong with Sky Ooh, Pirates. That is a good. That is a good combination. Airships and mm-hmm. pirates. Well, now that I've quit, the I'm playing the games I want to play, so I can work it into my schedule. <laughs> quit. You have to put up the. Well, all right. Put up the quotes. People can't see I, this on the podcast. Can I, I right. did. You just you couldn't see them. Yeah, you're right. That's the issue. <laughs> okay, we've got feedback from Evil Paul from last week. Okay, here we go. Um, He's also winning my Comment of the Week award because I think he was inebriated when he posted it. But let's go. Fire of Mist. Chrono Cross is a most disappointing RPG. Did you play it? It was pretty awesome for its time until the last two hours or so when it had the wallow text exposition thing Xenogears had. People were all, OMG, Final Fantasy thirteen is so awesome when it completely stole Chrono Cross's encounter system. Well, mm. sad to say, Fire Mist isn't here this week. He's at a wedding, so he can't respond personally. So it's up to us. But I can. Okay. <laughs> One, Chrono Cross's encounter system was not original. Two, the the, the Wolotech's exposition in Xenogears was kind of necessary because people weren't didn't know what the hell was going on. And three, Chrono Cross sucked for a lot of reasons. Uh, mo- also, most of which- Chrono Cross and Final Fantasy XIII, both developed by the same company. So I don't really... Can you call that stealing? When you make two games ten years apart and they're similar in some way, did you steal it? <laughs> right. Probably not. You know, I just think that that I mean, I get where he's coming from, where people are like, "Oh my god, this is innovative and new and awesome," when it's not. But nothing is, you know. And the way that they're doing the combat, where it's you know, like the FMV is being rendered in real time and all that, that's cool. Uh, I don't think you could say, "Wow, they stole this from Chrono Cross," because no, it wasn't even close. Also, it something was... Evil Paul's missing is like I think when Firemus called it a disappointing RPG, a disappointing RPG is not the same as a terrible RPG. I mean, I didn't right. listen to last week's podcast, so I don't know if Mist went off on a horrible rant. 
But like disappointing no. means you expected a Chrono Trigger sequel, and instead you got Chrono Cross. M- Michael and I are just right. really upset with Chrono Cross because of this, what it did to the Chrono Trigger's characters more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> and as as is said later in the fe- uh, the podcast thread, um, he then yells at the people on One Up for not recognizing that it was like Chrono Cross during their playthrough, which is wrong because I read on One Up that it was similar to Chrono Cross. <laughs> <laughs> He, well, apparently guess, they didn't say it during their live stream game night. And that's Harris wrote it up. when he did his like 13 things. He I may have up. wrote it, but he didn't say it during the thing that this guy re- watched. So well, Evil Paul needs to learn how to read. Yes, apparently <laughs> he does. Um, he doesn't like me not liking fun. Okay, Chris, choke yourself with my hand. I don't know how that works, but how could anyone <laughs> play Final Fantasy VIII after playing Final Fantasy VII and then point to Final Fantasy IX is disappointing because it wasn't as awesome as Final Fantasy VI makes me hope for another great flood so all the unbelievers may once again be kept by the sea. Right. I don't know what that means. How, do you, how are you kept by the sea? confusing. <laughs> so wait, you played Final Fantasy VIII after seven. Point yeah. to nine is disappointing because it wasn't like six. Yeah, say that. Um, (laughs) I didn't say it quite like that. (laughs) I I said uh, Final Fantasy IX was built up as a return to classic form of Final Fantasy, like six, and going into it with expectations of six, I was vastly disappointed with nine. Right. Which people pointed out for me later in the thread. (laughs) Wasn't nine originally meant as a spinoff? Like it wasn't when it was first in development. Oh, I have no idea about that. A lower budget, not one of the numbered series. Like, 9, 10, and 11 were all developed at the same time. 9 was supposed to be a spinoff like the old games. 11 was the MMO, and 10 was the next in the main series. And they realized we make so much more money if we just number them all in the main series. Either way, 9 was awesome. I don't know, 9 seemed like a Final Fantasy. ridiculously good. Yeah, it wasn't ridiculously it. good, but all right. Especially after eight. <laughs> well, after eight, yeah. yes. After <laughs> compared, eight, compared to eight, sure. But I mean, that's <laughs> like out of the dumpster would be awesome. After, like, <laughs> that is not a bar set high up. You know. Um, oh God, I hated that game. Which I get praise for. All apparently. right, wait, wait, Victor, you are evil. Paul approved for crapping all over Final Fantasy VIII as complete and total epic failure, and for bringing to point how stupid the imbeciles who like Final Fantasy VIII are. It was feculent garbage in every way. Man, this guy has good, good vocabulary when he's drunk. But <laughs> showed us how some people have a taste for such wretched de- de- detritus. Detritus. I don't know that word. It means garbage. Okay, garbage. Yeah. He pretty much did a thesaurus for every word that can mean waste and okay. came up with feculent garbage and detritus. Good job. <laughs> as I continue listening, I shall drink deeply and tell people how they are wrong more as I progress further through the podcast. Peace be with you. <laughs> My favorite is just the greeting, peace be with you. <laughs> like he's giving us a blessing at the very end. I think this was the, the podcast that I mentioned he was channeling Max Storm. <laughs> I don't know how Max Storm talks like that, but okay. <laughs> Max Storm he's always telling us about how time. he's yelling at the podcast about all the things we're doing wrong. Oh, okay. Well, he certainly did. By that. the way, listening to last week's podcast was horribly confusing. I'm sorry. Why what? is that? It was awesome. Because you were going pause, command, pause, command. I don't and, remember I've... doing that. Yes. You were... Oh, and so you were waiting for me to tell you what to do then? Well, I was working at the same time I was listening to the podcast, and I was getting very annoyed. So I finally said, what do you want me to do? And Danielle just about fell out of her chair. Was she hearing it too? No, but I yelled. <laughs> you know, I listened to the podcast, and uh, 
lost 10 pounds, my white blood cell count is up, I, I feel like I'm a better person for it. <laughs> Thank you. Your check's in the mail. All right. So, <laughs> new releases for this week. We've got Final Fantasy VII The After Years is coming out on June 1st. That is going to be on your Wii downloadable. Get to play that follow-up to Final Fantasy IV. Any of you guys going to pick this up? No. I don't have a Wii. No. I'm not going to be here this week. Yeah, I know. Me and Anna are probably not. And I'm going to be very sad about it because I'm looking forward to trying this out. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that I want for the Wii. And it's just... Okay. Ah. Okay. Apparently it's got you for clumped. <laughs> <laughs> So many things. I'll wait, I'll wait, so bizarre word. I'll wait until a reviewer tackles it, and then I'll talk to them online and see what they think. It's just <laughs> you're going to give them a qualification to... survey to see if you can trust their score after they give you. Oh no, score? I, I know the staff members well enough okay. that I know who not to listen to. <laughs> now, are there a lot There's... of Final Fantasy IV fans here yeah. at RP podcast, Gamer? What do you think? No. <laughs> On staff, I, yes. No, I, I mean, you know. You are talking to the guy that gave Final Fantasy IV DS a 3.5 out of 5 and was raked over the coals because of it. <laughs> I would have given Mr. Cronus to give me a proofread because <laughs> this was like, what did you give it? And I was like, a 3.5. He's like, I'm not proofreading that. <laughs> <laughs> He's That's like, you're going to insult it, and I don't want to read that. <laughs> I glad to know we're totally unbiased That's here like his that. favorite yeah. Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> he did the same thing to Ethan a couple months later when Ethan gave uh, Dragon Quest 4DS a 3.5 out of 5. Oh, that turned and out to be his brain to go up early. So Fire Mist have been bugging Ethan, like, you need to get this done, you need to get this done. Like, we, we, we got an exclusive early review, why isn't it done yet? And then Ethan finished it and was like, so, Fire Mist, proof it for me. Michael's like, you gave it a 3.5? I'm not proofreading that. <laughs> get someone <laughs> else to give you a me. That's funny. <laughs> You don't do that to Michael. Not with a Dragon Quest <laughs> There's two so things you don't touch, is Dragon Quest and Final <laughs> Fantasy IV. You just stay clear of those issues with Michael. <laughs> so when anybody but Michaels plays uh, Final Fantasy IV the After Years, I'll take their advice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> how, how much is it? Is it 20 bucks? How I much have, game do you get? I don't, I don't know the price. I will. Yeah, I don't know. These are the questions I have to ask, is how much it... Like, that was why I didn't get my life as a king. It just didn't sound like... $20 worth of game. It's like a many-part series as it was originally released on the cell, on the mobile phone. Oh, but we're only getting the first chapter. Oh, so I don't we know. We have an impression up. Yeah, but that doesn't say how much it costs. Yeah, from it? Gaijin, right? Because he played mm-hmm. the... He yeah, played he played the phone. Japanese version, I believe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'll have to see if I can find it. In the meantime, why don't we also say that Nights in the Nightmare is coming out this week as well. Finally! Yes. And let's see. Sorry, I'm streaming music into the chat room. You guys can't hear it, but uh, <laughs> they can hear a bunch of Final Fantasy harp music. <laughs> you listen to music while you're doing the podcast? No, I went to the Final Fantasy IV The After website, and as soon as it loads up, it's like, it's like doing the prelude <laughs> stuff. It's like, okay, I just want a price, guys. But no, they can't tell me that. They really can't. All right. So Nights in the Nightmare. This is... I've been watching... Go to YouTube. Atlas's videos up of... Uh, just search for Nights in the Nightmare. They got videos up to try and show you the combat system. I've watched them all. I still don't know that I understand the combat system. <laughs> Anna, you're looking forward to this because it's the follow-up to Riviera and... Um, uh, Reunion. Big Reunion. And I haven't watched the videos. Oh, you haven't watched the videos. <laughs> you should, they don't spoil anything, so don't feel bad. It's 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 just a weird. I'm not, I'm, I, I like want to try it. I mean, at game. the same time, both Riviera and Igdra have battle systems that, if you had watched a video, 
you would have been like, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So True. that's that's kind of why I've been like, not really. It, it wasn't really the spoiler thing that was keeping me away from the videos. It was the fact that I don't think this is going to actually help me. All right. If I know I'm pre-ordering a game, I don't really get into reading hype. I don't. I don't read reviews for games that well, I. Well, how did you decide you were going to pre-order it? Just because of the the legacy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's a Sting game. I okay. loved Burrow. I, mean, I loved Riviera. I loved I Adrian Union. I gave Riviera and Adrian Union five out of five. I'm pretty sure I'm going to like Knights of the Nightmare. <laughs> Probably a good <laughs> sign. I really should pick up Adrian Union. <sighs> so many things to play. All right. It's kind of um, hard for someone of your skill set. <laughs> my skill set. Oh, shut up. <laughs> By my skill set, I believe he means because I never finish anything. See, that's um, channeling Max That is channeling with, Max Thorne. The PSP version might have a super easy mode you can pick off the start. So <laughs> I, go with the PSP version. Mr. Mr. Wilson, I finished Riviera on the GBA. Riviera wasn't hard. Okay, but still... <laughs> That series Actually, is something I I've say, already didn't done. Someone, didn't Michael get stuck Michael on Michael got stuck on the flood level, which yeah. I could see you getting stuck on. But I'm still going to say it's not hard. No. <laughs> going back to the no faith I can't in remember Michael. The, uh, I can't remember the story of it at all, but whatever. I don't think it matters in the follow-up games, does it? They're not linked, if that's what you mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. No. So I could just pick up Knights in the Nightmare without worrying about spoiling a reunion then. You can just expect yes. some sort of angelic something to be in there at some point. <laughs> okay. Will there be like 25 uh, combo point attacks if I save up my... Well, I guess that would change in each game. That's what I like to always do is do the big combo attacks, the big long attacks, whatever. Supposedly, Knights and Nightmare has some sort of bonus in it if you have Idra Union GBA in the, DS, in the GBA slot of the DS while you're playing it. Oh. But it, I don't know what it is. It might be a crappy item. It but might... isn't the PSP version better? Yes, but I already own the GBA version. Oh, okay. So you get to win. All right, so if you've got that, just be aware of that and pop that sucker in your uh, DS slot of the DS Lite. Not the DSi, because we have a DSi. You're you're too good for Game Boy Advance games anymore. You've moved right. on. You've ascended, transcended. For you. No golden sun for you. No golden sun for you. Nope. Your bonus is that you get to take pictures with your DS. <laughs> <laughs> kind of more of a zonk than a bonus, but all right. Um, I just made a let's make a deal reference. Oh, I'm so old. All right. <laughs> My brother was on that show. Really? Yeah, he won. Really? Yeah, an Atari 7200. <laughs> an Atari? Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. We're, we're talking like 15 years ago. I would yeah. Maybe more. Uh, I would ha- it would have to be more. <laughs> more. About 23 it wouldn't be much ago. of a prize 15 years ago. <laughs> I think an Atari 15 years ago. You could get them uh, for five. It's like on clearance at that point. <laughs> yeah, we we're went to um, Epcot Studios. Epcot no, Center? No, MGM Studios. Oh, MGM, MGM Studios. Studios. Epcot Studios. No, nice way to combine. Go to Epcot Center okay. uh, because it was boxing day but we went to mgm studios and said and they were like does anybody have a birthday yesterday or today and my brother was like yeah me because they were filming an episode wow that's pretty cool yeah we still have like the vcr tape of it it's really funny because he's like transfer it was like dvd yeah we we have don't worry it was just funny because it was right before he hit puberty so his voice was all cracking and stuff i'd like to take door number two yeah pretty much (laughs) awesome did he know the trick to always switch when you're offered and that sort of stuff? 
No, actually, he got really lucky because when he picked, it ended up being a pinata. <laughs> what? Okay. So they gave him this stick and they blindfold him. And he takes this giant swing at it and they put it too high. So he completely whiffed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they lowered it down and he whacked it and the card for the Atari fell out. Oh, cool. And we were like, yay, we have an Atari. I have no clue what you guys are talking about. I let's don't know make what a deal is, but everything else lost me. Oh, uh, let's yeah. make a deal. Go find let's a... make a deal. I don't remember there being pinatas in it, but let's make a deal is a cool little game show that, um, well, Monty Hall hosted it, right? And he uh, would do awesome little things where like people would just be in the audience and he'd walk up and say, "Do you have?" a pencil and if they did he'd give them like a hundred dollars and like random things and they'd also pick a guy and they'd be all right here's three doors pick a door and they're like oh okay you pick this door now we're gonna reveal this door there's nothing in it do you want to switch to the to the other door or keep your original choice and you know it was all Right. We can go into a big probability discussion that I won't bore you with, but look up the the let's make a deal effect. Yeah, I saw that when I was a kid. I just I forgot that was the name of the game show. Yeah, so it was a fun. fun it was thing one of those ridiculous ones where you're supposed to sit there and just laugh at the audience. Yeah, That's because I, people dress up and they bring so much crap with them, so they right. can have a chance they, like, of getting money. Don't tape random pieces of garbage to themselves. Yeah, they have one of everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they'd never have what he wants. <laughs> that was the sad part. It's like they bring so much crap and still lose. All right. So um, speaking of being a loser, that would be me for last week because I missed a couple of reviews that were on the site. So mm-hmm. let's uh, let's round these up right now. First <laughs> up, I've got the Knights in the Nightmare review from Tom Goldman. Uh, he gave it a four and a half out of five. So kind of uh, falling short of Anna's five out of five bar that she sets for this series. Right. <laughs> Probably no, makes a terrible this game. This review is good. Yeah. So <laughs> so you read the review, okay? Yeah, of course I did. He says it has an incredibly unique and creative gameplay, great visual style, deep, interesting story, solid localization, but has a steep learning curve and minor interface struggles are possible. So I think we've talked about Knights in the Nightmare, though, so go pick that up. Looking awesome. Mike Menke. Menke? What did we decide was the right pronunciation? Minky. Minky? I like Menke, though. No, not Menke. Menke. There's no Mankey. A in it. How could it possibly be Mankey? I'm not looking at it's the name. It's the O-E. Men. Men. You're just I, making up pronunciation. I think it depends on the language. <laughs> All right, so you let, you say it's Minky? Minky. Minky. I think it's Minky. No, Minky. Minky? Yes. Are you saying that because it is or because you're making fun of him? Because it is. Okay. I've done so many backtracks with Minky. him. I say his last name all the time. All right. Well, maybe you say it wrong. Yeah, Mankey was a Pokemon, so we shouldn't say Mankey. All right. Why not? Because it was a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like it. All okay. Right. So Mike, Mike, hard to pronounce last names, gave it a four and a half out of five. Super Robot Tyson Original Generation Saga. Endless Frontier. Okay, whatever. People aren't excited. I'm shivering with excitement. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the new OG Saga, Original Gangster Saga, or Original Generation uh, witty and amusing translation, engaging and entertaining combat system, numerous nods to Super Robot Tyson series. Combat aesthetics are top-notch for the DS, but not as much replay incentive as others in the series, and limited save points and no quick save option, which is really sad for a DS game. So but- Mike is a rabid, seething, mouth-breathing Super Robot Tyson lover. He loves the series, every game in the series. Okay. So the thing with OG Saga was that they changed the battle system. It's not a tactical game. It's more like a traditional JRPG, and okay. he loved the new battle system. Ooh. So like, I was kind of wondering if he would play this and say it's not a tactical game, it's no good, and give it a low score. But apparently this right. game is so awesome that 
he loved the new battle system and he thought it worked with the characters and the robot setting and thought it was a great game. So because of his review, I'm probably going to get this. Well, this is the third original generation game. Um, yeah. Does it uh, do all three of them have the traditional style battle system or some of no, them? OG one and OG two were tactics games. Okay. They were GBA tactics games. I heard they were good too, though. So. Yes, he also loves those right. and tells people to buy them all the time. <laughs> Adrian Denodin comes back again this week with a Crimson Gen Saga review and gives it his standard score of three and a half out of five. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I do mean that. Beautiful mesh of two and a half and or 2D and 3D artwork. Great humorous localization. Excellent game balance, but spells and skills cost too much mana, and the game doesn't do anything new or different. So he thought it was a very straightforward traditional JRPG, but the localization was excellent. Yeah. And you don't have to, I guess you don't have to stop and level grind a lot, because that's a big pet peeve of his. If he said the game had excellent balance. Well, uh, I'm wondering why he only gave it a three and a half then, because that sounds like it'd be, the story must not be. No, it's just, I mean, it was straightforward. It was just a straightforward, uncreative, town from town, random battles, kind of a solid average game. Hmm. Right. That's, that's kind of a three out of five. I guess. I think oh, what lifted it up for him was more, because uh, just from talking to him when he played it, he thought the localization was hilarious. Mm-hmm. So, like, kind of Atlas took a very average game and gave it a script that made it worth playing. Hmm. I, I would think that would elevate it even higher, but all right. That's, uh, I, man, I wish I had time. I'd like to check that out, too. That yeah, I mean, exactly... It actually got pretty good reviews from about every site. Kind of scored it barely above average for so, whatever average for the site is. I could really go for a standard JRPG that just is well written and fun to play without much, you know, slowdown. Because... Everyone seems to think this game was really solid. Huh. Sounds more enjoyable than the reviews I've been seeing of Devil Summoner 2 this past week or so. Even though those have higher scores, which I don't <coughs> understand, but. Well, I think Devil Summoner is like it's unique plus point five points, or, you know, <laughs> plus ten percent. Ten percent, really? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's from Atlas. Man, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm right here. Okay. He <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't care about any of these games. You're not no, I, not I Western those. games at all. <laughs> are you playing Halo Three? You're, You're playing, playing Halo, Halo Three. Right? <laughs> I love Devil Summoner. I'm looking at my uh, Raiho figure right now. I mean, plushie. Oh. Did you play the first one? Yeah, I did. Like, Was it garbage? Know? I loved it. It was great. Oh, not no. That's Manny is minus one point right now <laughs> on the Glenn yeah. approval scale. I love SMT. <laughs> I own pretty much every SMT game released in the. So North you're America. an SMT fanboy, basically. Uh, okay. SMT being Shin Megami Tensei. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry, Victor. You're right. That would be Shin Megami Tensei. <laughs> I'm an SMT fanboy too. I have a Jack Frost plushie that I got years before the Raiho plushie. Uh-huh. But I thought Devil Summoner was the only SMT game that was kind of disappointing. But I still oh, pre-ordered Devil Summoner 2, because, you know, whatever, it's SMT. But I thought the first one was kind of disappointing. I thought it was fun and wacky. I have signed artwork from the first Devil Summoner. Ooh. Did you sign it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm signed by the artist. I just found somebody to sign it. Made me feel better about the artwork. No, Zach got it for me when he was working at Atlas. Did you? Did you also draw it? So when you said it was signed by the artist, that was you. I can't even draw a stick, man. Give me a break. <laughs> PR. My company asked me to come up with a new banner. I'm like, uh, I'm not an artist. Kidding, <laughs> I can commission one. Yeah. Hey, Zanny, come here. Oh, gosh. <laughs> 
All right. Did we miss any other reviews? Yeah, there's a couple more. The Dark Spire also got a review this week. Three out of five from Mr. Philip Willis. Uh, He says it was a tough tower that has a character of its own, an additional non-standard combat options. There's ability to save anywhere, but it has a lack of game mechanic explanations and quirky controls. This is kind of the the dungeon crawl from uh, Yeah, I've been playing this. Yeah? I really like it. (laughs) Why don't you talk about it now since we're, we're mentioning it? Uh well it's really old school it's really hard it it almost plays like a like a like a net hack type just because it just seems that every time you go into the tower you're not expected to come out alive <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know it, I, I I kept reading everywhere that this game was so hard and it was you know um, a call back to the old PC first person RPGs or whatever and I played it and it's really not a difficult game. You can level grind easily. You have a ton of spells to get out of the tower automatically. As long as you, you follow your standard formula for these games, which is have a mage, a priest, uh, a warrior, and a rogue, you're and, set. And don't, don't push your luck too hard. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to think guys are half dead. Maybe you should leave instead of doing one more battle. Basically, the hardest part of the game is probably the first, you know, 15% of it. Once you start getting some levels, it's really a breeze. But did yeah, no, play, it's a fun game. Or, did you play Atrian Odyssey 1 or 2? I did not. Okay. I, I, uh, I, ter- I try, tried them out, but not for any significant amount of time. Does it but, appeal yeah, to you I, more than them, or you just didn't want to try it back then? Oh, I just... Uh, it's not a DS that I own. It's just like I go to a friend's house and something I'll crash there for like 4 or 5 hours. Oh, this and is a and DS. DS. Oh, okay. Alright. So you've played... This just crashing at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's been it's been really fun. I, I like do you, it. Do you think the interface was uh, goofy? Because I know Mike was complaining about that while he was playing it too. I think Mike and uh, Philip. You know, I don't know. I, I I don't. I didn't really think so. I mean, I played a lot of these first-person RPGs uh, back when it was just you know uh, an image on screen and you'd hit north, east, west, and south, and it, it would move along. So it can get confusing, but but. I think their I problem know. was more the way the shoulder buttons worked. Like something about item selection or the way you use items on your party. Sometimes you use a shoulder button. Sometimes you use the D-pad. Right. If well, you're just yeah, going you, quick and not thinking, you do the wrong one and screw up. Yeah, so, sometimes that. I mean, it takes a little getting used to it, but after 20 minutes, it's not noticeable. Now, this or, is the one with the, the two graphic modes, right? Right, yeah. yeah which one do you play you have the new one. I, I was just playing with the, with the standard, like the new one, I guess. Okay. I didn't try classic mode. All right. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a fun Classic game. Mode is just wireframe. It looks like a video game made in the seventies. Right. All right, and then finally, we've got an actual review up of Devil Summoner Two: Raido Kuzanoa versus King Abaddon. Um, Billy Young put this one up. He's gave it a three out of five. So uh, one of the lower scores that we've seen for Devil Summoner. Um, he says the battle system is easily the best point of the game. Um, very serious story with humorous undertones. Soundtrack's quite catchy, but the game provides very little direction. I know he was complaining about being lost at certain times. And some enemies require specific skills that are not used normally. So, I don't know. That's a pretty typical SMT thing. Uh, yeah. I believe Billy's biggest complaints were about later on in the game. Uh, yeah, he seemed to be enjoying it a lot until he, he hit something about two-thirds of the way through where he didn't know what to do next. The game didn't tell you. Devil Summoner 1 did that a little bit, too, where it's like you're supposed to go find a clue, and you have the entire world to scour, and it is kind of frustrating. I think the biggest thing that turned me off to this was reading the reviews and talking about you know how you're a detective, right? 
But you don't actually do any detective work in this game. They kind of just whack you over the head with all the mystery revelation points as you just click on the next thing that, you know, you need to click on to progress the game. It's not like you're putting things together or solving any mysteries yourself. And I kind of didn't like the sound of that. Well, it's more well, I mean, of a in the, in the PSP game I'm playing right now, you're a time-traveling person from a spaceship, but you spend the entire game bopping people with a sword on a Bodunk planet. I mean, it's kind of what your title is doesn't really matter much in video games. No, but I was looking forward to there actually being some mystery stuff. It's mostly because I've been playing Persona 4, and that has a good mystery in it, and you know, I don't feel like they whack you over the head. They give you opportunities to plenty of time to put it together yourself ahead of time, and you know, while you don't you know, have to figure it out on your own to progress the story. I don't know. Whatever. What were you going to say, Manny? Oh, it's more of a Pulp Detective novel, you know? You don't actually solve anything in the Pulp Detective story, but you do enjoy the characters and the setting. Okay. So, uh, alright. Good. That's true. That, that's all Devil Summoner 1 was. I mean, you were a detective, but it was more it was more a way to be like a cheesy 1920s, 1930s setting. Yeah. And less that you were trying to solve puzzles. The complaints that really turned me off were saying that, you know, they would frequently take breaks and recap the entire plot as though you were like a five-year-old and couldn't follow anything. <laughs> but uh, if that's not the case, and that's good. <laughs> I, hate it when book, I hate it when novels do that. I don't know. I have more of a stomach in video games because it doesn't take that long. Well, I like I recaps. I when I'm reading a novel and like two-thirds of the way through the novel – they, like, stop for a walk and tell you everything that happened in the first 400 pages you just read. Well, sometimes that's necessary if you're, like, in the Wheel of Time, maybe, and you're, like, 10 books in and you might need mm. a little recap. But uh, Or here's another one, Xeno Gears, rather, that kind of needed it towards the later part of the game, and they didn't really give it to you. Right. <laughs> but uh, if to do it too often is also a problem. I don't know. Have any, has anyone on the podcast tried Devil Summoner 2 yet? No, Mm-mm. it's sitting in the box on the shelf beside my plushie Cthulhu because I won't have time until July. I saw yeah, a box same. copy in GameStop and almost bought it, but decided against it. Plushie, come on, plushie. Uh, I have enough plushies. The plushie alone is worth, uh, what was it, 40 bucks? Whatever. <laughs> is that what it's going for on eBay or something? I don't know. <laughs> I'm saying that... Yeah, the price I, of the game's 40 bucks for a plastic box that has some artwork on the outside and just has a game and a plushie inside. If it had no game, if it was just, you know, a box plushie. Atlas to sell plushies of their figures, I'd probably, I'd probably uh, spend 40 bucks. I don't understand why they don't have an online store where you could just buy plushies of their figures. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. Only in Japan. Only in Japan. Hold on. You know who did the, the recap thing really well, though? Who? Uh, have you guys played The Witcher? I have not. No, sorry. Uh, Basically, at the end of every chapter, they would have like this this really calm FMV going with like watermarked images, and depending on what you did in that particular chapter, he would just kind of recap how he felt about it and how he was kind of growing in whatever direction you were putting him in. And they were like maybe two minutes long, so it, it felt really, really well put together because there was a lot to follow, you know. I'm still really looking out on The Witcher one day coming out on a console. But um, did you hear the news? Like, yeah, yeah, no, not happening. <laughs> yeah, probably not going to happen. <laughs> it's on yeah. my list of games I would buy a PC for. So if I ever buy a PC that can play video games, The Witcher would be one of the first games like that. Oh, absolutely. I do want to play that. It's getting pretty economical for a Witcher class machine right now. So that absolutely. You could, you could get that on a 9600. Easy. Yeah, easy. Yeah. It's 9600 the number of dollars it takes to buy it? <laughs> no. no. That's a model number of an NVIDIA card. Pretty low Which is level. about okay. 70 bucks right now. Yeah. Well, I can afford 70 bucks. There, there's, the, there's, an, a pro, there's a similarly priced ATI card that's got better specs, though. So, uh, whatever. Anyway. 
why don't we look you. at exceed oh actually why don't i look at my show outline before i go out of order first <laughs> now that we're caught up on reviews and people can be happy that we t- covered the reviews um i also want to mention that there is an interview up this week and that is the road to the e3 the lunar silver star harmony exclusive developer interview by uh well by a number of people on site, I assume. Hey, but, Snuggles, there are actually two interviews up. Well, this is the one I'm looking at. Which one are you talking about? Snuggles. <laughs> you can go ahead with Lunar. No, no. Okay. Well, Lunar. It's not Lunar. It's Lunar. I don't know why. Really? I never is. knew that. <laughs> you didn't play the original, I've never did you? spoken out loud about this game to people okay. before. Well, no, it's... Uh, they say it on the CD for you. I've never played it before. Why not? I didn't own a Dreamcast. I don't know where the hell to come out on. PlayStation, Sega CD, and PlayStation. PlayStation One. I, I never had a PlayStation One or a Sega CD. Or oh, Saturn. Wow. All right, whatever. Did you catch up on PS One games when you got a PS Two though? I did, but by then Lunar was one of the more expensive ones. I only yeah. caught up the cheap ones. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't really worth it. <laughs> it's so much crap in that box that they could have saved money by not including. <laughs> A leather-bound booklet in the, the yeah, leather-bound booklet is a good business model. How's I that like co- the leather-bound booklet thing, but the freaking token things and stand, I, it's just so crap that you will never, ever, ever use. You the making of CD was cool, though. Yeah, that was yeah. That's a good thing to put money into. But yeah, I'd love to see that for more games. Things like a Galleon Punchin' Doll, uh, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, had, the interview. Did, did yeah. you guys read the interview? Yet? I did read the interview. This was because I cared about Lunar. It's <laughs> it said a lot of things, <laughs> but most importantly, uh, it mentioned that they're going to try and uh, they've got to figure out how they're going to do the the translation, how much they're going to keep of the working design translation or retranslate um, to avoid copyright issues and maybe make it more true to the original Japanese, which which heartens me because while the original translation is kind of fun, I did like the idea of them, you know, maybe having a bit more accuracy in it. <laughs> so Silver Star Harmony is a remake? Uh, yes, it is a it is a remake of Silver Star Story. Um, the, it's a remake oh. of the Saturn version, which is a remake the of the good. Sega CD version. Yeah, it's a remake That's... of the good one. Yep. Okay. Now I'm uh, interested. Well, there's I'll... two good ones. I mean, the you know Eternal Blue was also good, um, but this was this is the the classic, most heralded one. Mm-hmm. The. Uh... <laughs> Oh, how do I even talk about that? All right. So what aspects of Lunar Silver Star Harmony will appeal to new fans, longtime fans? Uh, Masoto Doboshi, who is the executive producer, no, the development producer for the game. He says, for the new fans, I would love for them to experience an adventure full of dreams and hopes. Don't you feel that we're lacking those types of RPGs lately? I really wanted to oh. show why Lunar was has been loved for 17 years with this new PSP version. For the old time fans, I would first like to say thank you to everyone. The reason Lunar can be played on the PSP now is because of their longtime support and love for this series. For this version, Kei Shigemi has put extra effort into the scenario and created a new episode to make it a more complete version of Lunar. And basically with that, you know, that was all the convincing I needed. I can look forward to Lunar again because I really didn't mm. see a reason to play this. But, you know, I can understand what he's going for at least and I can get behind that and I want to support it because... Uh, you know, he also says, uh, I'm personally looking forward to the, how the Lunar series is going to develop in the future. So it sounds like if this does well, we might get more Lunars by Game Arts. So that's a good thing. Um, I suppose. And Iwa Dart, the same guy's doing the music. Uh, they confirm that here. I love that because he does fantastic music. Um, and here's the thing I'm worried about. I don't understand what this means. It's a development effort between Game Arts and Japan Arts Media. Who's Japan Arts Media? And did they work on the originals, or what? What does that really mean for Game Arts involvement? But 
I don't know. Uh, I've already expressed I know nothing about Lunar. Yeah, I don't. Maybe nobody knows, but maybe somebody can say in the thread because. Yeah. I worry about that, but I don't know how many people who worked on the first games are even still at Game Art, so maybe it doesn't matter. They've got, they've got, uh, you know, the the writer. It sounds like and the soundtrack guy. So, those are the those are two of the important pieces. Eh, whatever. So looking forward to that. There's another interview, probably from last week, is why I didn't see it. Oh. Devil Summoner interview. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Devil Summoner interview that we've got up. Go check that out. I have not read through this. What was? What did we learn about Devil Summoner, Glenn? So it's what Valkyrie Profile Covenant of the Plume tried to do, only they do it well in Devil Summoner, and it sounds to be throwback to uh, the earlier Shimigami Tensei main series. you know how series. good it is from the interview? <laughs> well, also from... <laughs> true. Also from impressions. <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, Gaijin played it, I think, or at least talked about it enough in his columns that uh, I read a bit about it. So it's a tactical game in that there's a grid, and you position your demons around the enemy. But then whenever you clash, it switches to the typical uh, Shimigami Tensei battle system where it's your team against the other team and if you hit elemental weaknesses you get extra turns and whatnot and from their faithful emails too and from the interview it sounds like you can affect the world more like in the early shimigami tensei games there were different paths you could take there you could either be chaotic lawful or neutral where usually being chaotic was like helping satan and being lawful was helping god and I guess neutral was in the middle. Mm-hmm. So like the last game they did that did this was Nocturne, which was the last Shimigami Tensei main series game. So I'm excited for Devil Survivor because it sounds like a solid tactical game that uses the battle system I love from Shimigami Tensei, but then it adds in the morality system where you get to kind of choose what path you do. It seems to be kind of a post-apocalyptic, almost post-apocalyptic Japan. Like demons are suddenly appeared and the end of the world is about to come and you have a device that lets you control demons. And something like you know when people are going to die, like you, you can somehow know it's someone's day zero, it means they're going to die today. And then based on your actions, you can save them. And maybe one of the, one of the situations will be you find out it's your day zero, you're supposed to die that day, and you're supposed to do whatever actions it takes to keep you from dying. That, I don't know, that's it in a nutshell. So that's the story. But most important, right? if you look at the very bottom of the interview, yeah. <clears throat> Mac or uh, Billy asked them, we were kind enough to help you all with a little QA recently. Could you give us some juicy tidbit info on upcoming releases you've not shared with anyone else? They're referring to, to me. What did you do? I, I did QA for them on uh, Class of Heroes. How did you do QA for them on Class of Heroes? Oh, so they were good. Class of Heroes is a long game. They sent out Class of Heroes two months early, yeah. and I beat it in a month. And before I reached the ending, I found a bug in the game, oh. and through Max Storm, told them about it. And that was why the game got released, got delayed by two months, was they had to restart QA and, and then recopy the game. Oh, gosh. To fix the bug I found. But it was a big bug, then, to delay the game for. It was a big bug. I'd Hey, uh... I'd have kept my mouth shut if they were like, screw it, let's make it anyway with the bug and hope no one notices, but no. I mean, I told them about it and they What kind of bug was it? Uh, the game was crashing. Oh, okay. In a certain situation in, the, in battle, the game would freeze. Yeah. And it happened quite a bit. So, so, okay, you did some QA for them by finding that bug, and now what's the So the response was, having been a part of the Class of Heroes team, I'd like to express my personal thanks to Mr. Wilson... <laughs> I will work tirelessly to immortalize his name as some innocuous NPC in a future game. Juicy tidbits are only juicy until everyone else knows. Immortality is forever! We have clearly given you the better deal. I am now immortal. 
<laughs> so you're going to be listening. An... If in Izuna 3, there's a lecherous old man named Mr. Wilson who talks about how much he loves breasts, and that's all he says no matter how many times you talk to him. Yeah. That's me. That is? Yeah, so you. <laughs> Wait, I didn't know there I was an Izuna 3. Up, but I oh, assume you... there's going to be some horribly embarrassing character in some okay. future Atlas game say. Mr. Wilson. Who loves useless. socks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Dennis the Menace, somebody for some player character to annoy the heck out of. All right, so... Great, we're done with the interviews. Oh, are we? <laughs> yeah, I would forget think more. So. Okay. <laughs> oh, why don't we get into what we've been playing? Sure. Go, Anna. Go. Because I've been gone for two weeks. So I okay. have crap to talk. You have a lot to talk about. All right. Yes, I think I was on the second case of Apollo Justice. I finished all four. It was very good. I loved the ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're getting another one. So I'm definitely going to be all over that. I'm pretty sure they're going to milk this franchise till everyone's sick of it. I'm pretty confident. I really like it. I'm I waiting actually, for the. I'm waiting I'm for really the. I'm surprised uh, because there was five in all three of the. No, there eights, wasn't. Right? Wasn't there? No. There was five in. There the was first four game. in at least one of them. Okay, maybe it was the the third one. But yeah, like I had just I'd played the ones where it was like five, and I'm like. This shouldn't be the final case. This yeah. should be the second last. But I usually, if there's only like, four, no, this the, is the last, last one's case. really, really, really long. It's just yeah, it's really long, but it's really good. Yeah, I like the way that they did the final tie-in and kind of tidied up a lot of the loose ends while still leaving enough open to do another game. That's what they do in every one of them. It seems like it's. I, I know. It. I I was very very impressed. So because I was done, uh, Apollo Justice and I was still in L.A. I popped in Chrono Trigger, mm-hmm. and I played that for a while. I'm I haven't gotten Robo yet, but I'm on the way there. And played a little bit of Dragon Quest V, except I didn't realize that we were like really close to landing. So it was like put Dragon Quest in five of like five battles, and then have to put away my DS. <laughs> so I got home, and Shadow uh, Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon was waiting for me. So I've been playing that. I'm on chapter. Five, I okay. think, right now. Is that uh, holding up very well? Yeah. I've had to redo a few battles because I hate losing people. And they've actually made it really hard, kind of hard this time, because you have this girl in your party on a on a flying horse, right? Yeah, Pegasus And nice. so, yeah, she can get everywhere. But... They're usually really I, weak. As they don't, you don't want them to take attacks. Yeah, they're wimpy. And I had to recruit an archer with her. That was really hard, actually. Ooh, Ooh they get bonuses against her, don't they? Yeah. Don't they? Yeah. <laughs> so that was actually tough. I had to redo it a couple times to get sort of the positioning right. So she's, out of like the five maps that I've done, she's recruited like three people. So I get the feeling she's kind of an important character. So I'm going to... You know, doubly ensure that I am keeping her extra yeah. safe. It it seems like there's a ton of recruitable characters in this one, right? Like, uh, I think there's one every map. Wow, that's a lot. Or something ridiculous like that. It's like they it's like they almost mean for you to lose some. Probably. <laughs> Flash me looks up from IRC. Are you talking about Fire Emblem? Yeah. Yes. Shadow Dragon. <laughs> so, uh, have you played the earlier Fire Emblems? Yes. How do you think this compares to them? Um, see, 
I'm not really far enough in yet to make firm comparisons. I played both of the ones on the Game Boy Advance. I really liked them. I didn't play the GameCube one. I watched Michael play a little bit of it, and that was about it. So I don't like Fire Emblem. I hope there aren't like earthquakes happening somewhere because I said that. But I love tactics games, but I hate Fire Emblem. So I've been intrigued by Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon because it sounds like it fixes all the things I disliked, but it also sounds like it's really dumbed down. It's it's not universally praised, so I mean, it's not like some pinnacle. I don't know. I was intrigued by it when I read they fixed the things I dislike, and then became unintrigued when I read that it was like for eight-year-olds, and that it was kind of simple. Oh, I don't think it's simple at all. Well, I'm curious, what did you dislike? Glenn? Me? Uh, Yeah. Uh, I okay, so I don't like it when a game has optional, like missable, recruitable characters, and then is balanced on the expectation that you find them. And I also didn't like the the whole permadeath thing. So like, I don't like starting a map and then like, oh, there's an ambush and it kills someone, and because I lost one person, I want to restart. Yeah, that's then still, I restart, that's still the and case. I expect the ambush, <laughs> but then someone gets a like critical hits was pro- I guess in short, critical hits ruin the game for me because you can use perfect strategy and be a genius, and then the enemy gets a critical hit on you and someone dies, and you're like, ah, oh, crap. Well, what you usually end up doing is trying to find strategies to mitigate the effect of critical hits on who takes. Yeah, them. I did. I'm a pretty sharp cat, and I play a lot of tactics games, but it just Fire Emblem annoyed me. I only played one. I think I've been told that it was one of the harder ones, but I played the first one that came out in America on the GBA. Okay. I don't remember what the subtitle was for it. So, like, I played that, and, like, there were some missions in that where, like, you're going through the dark and you can't see people coming, so suddenly someone eight titles away you couldn't see tears past your front line and kills your mage. I uh, thought that the, the GameCube one was pretty good for that. I mean, you know, there it had some frustration, but you could, you know, if you stuck with it, you could get past it and start getting enough levels to have flexibility to avoid these issues. It was also what bothered me about Rondo of Swords, was Rondo of Swords had missable characters in them, and if you miss them, you can't beat the game. And I missed them, okay. and then I couldn't beat the game. Well, that's not the case in the Fire Emblems I play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's never if you miss a character, you're not going to be able to win. Because I definitely miss characters in the two Game Boy Advance Fire Emblems. And they, I know for a fact in the GameCube one, they give you characters that are just like, these are just incredibly powerful. Um, of course, the nature of Fire Emblem is thus that one character cannot make you win a map necessarily just on its own, but they give you flexibility to protect weaker characters and level them up, and so I really like that. Uh. So I tried to play the first Fire Emblem twice. I gave it a fair shake. The first time I almost beat it, and by the end was just getting headaches every time I turned it on, so uh, I threw it in the blender. <laughs> and uh, no, no, I guess I didn't, because I tried a second time. Well, there's another thing, is that the, the Game Boy Advance ones and the GameCube ones are kind of different from each other. And then I don't honestly know, because I haven't played yet, I don't know how the DS one compares to the two, which one it's more like. So, I mean, if you if you aren't happy with the balance and stuff in the Game Boy Advance one, trying, like, the GameCube one might is actually worthwhile to give a shot. Okay. I'm, I don't, I'm just saying, I mean, you know, I mean, so many you don't need to go out of game. your way for it. you got enough to play. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, so many people love Fire Emblem, and I, I, this is my favorite subgenre of... Uh, you know, especially of, R- of Japanese RPGs. I love their tactics games. And this is the only tactics game I've ever played that came out of Japan that I didn't like. So I just kind of shied away from the series. It's a very, you know, like many tra- Nintendo titles, it's stuck in its traditions, and it just doesn't want to change most of them. So, I mean, if you're, if you're waiting for it to change before really giving it a fair shake, you're going to be waiting for a while, I think. Okay, Anna, <laughs> I guess having heard that, what Fire Emblem would you recommend for me if I wanted to give it another try? Do you think Shadow Dragon's a good one? Uh, <laughs> you didn't play the Game Boy or the GameCube ones, did you, Anna? No. 
Okay. <laughs> so that's the problem. We've got one person who's only played the Game Boy ones. <laughs> one person who's only played the GameCube ones. <laughs> no, actually, here's Sacred Stones. The second Game Boy Advance one was actually the best, I hear. I hear that's really good, yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Anna? You played it, right? Played which? Sacred Stones. For Game Boy Advance? I played the two Fire Emblems that were on the Game Boy Advance. I don't remember their names specifically. Okay. I'm sorry. The first had no subtitle. The second was Sacred Stones. Since I played both? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you like I, the second uh, one any better than the first? Um, no, I like them both equally. Okay. I like the animations in the Game Boy Advance ones trying more to think than what if I, I saw from the them. DS one. But I don't know. <laughs> I... I played that Marth might tell me whether I liked Smash one Brothers. more than the other. Does yeah. that count? Victor, you played Marth while in Smash Brothers. No, that doesn't yeah. count. Oh. No. Damn. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can save and reload OGMO, but, I mean, seriously, it's a lot of... <laughs> there's a lot of replaying whole maps. Uh, I think in the GameCube one, you can kind of get a mid-battle save, but it's a quick save, so I don't... Yeah, I gave the Sacred Stones three and a half out of five. Actually, the Wii one. No, that's yeah, the 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 newest one, uh, for GameCube or Wii or GameCube stuck taped together, I guess. Um, that has a little bit more flexible save system. But it's also harder. Eh, whatever. So I'm sorry, Glenn. I don't feel like we gave you a good recommendation, but try Sacred Stones. <laughs> I'll put it. I'll put it on my list, but I'm going to say no <laughs> list. People in the forums who are really good. Somebody who's played all of them, if they could comment in the forums for us and give us a good idea of which one seems the most um, worth trying first for somebody who doesn't really like the first Game Boy Advance one, that would really help us out. All right, let's move on. Um, Unless what? it's Evil Paul. Actually, I'm going to go back to the, the long-form discussion on hardest bosses in-game, because some people sounded really dumb, and if any of them recommend Fire Emblem to me, I'm going to ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I flagged some of these forum members. They're on my ignore list. What, uh, what else have you You're been so playing so vindictive. Now? Anna played some Chrono Trigger. Wait, oh wait, you already said that. Kingdom of Loathing. Yes, I'm, I decided to try a Saucer not really enthused with the class, so I don't think I'll play them again. And I've been playing Legends of Zork. Yay! And clans came out this week. So I got invited to a really cool clan. If you go to the site and you look at the Hall of Fame, everybody on there is in my clan. <laughs> oh, nice. So it's neat. And I broke into the top 300. It's awesome. Uh, yesterday. So I slid down a little bit this morning because I haven't played my turns yet for today. Mm. So have you played Zork? The original one? Yes. I sadly did not. I always wanted to. And by I'm the time we got a computer, I just couldn't get a copy. And this was before, you know, basically everybody could share everything. All Ian right. has played it. Ian has regaled me with how amazingly win it is. And he's the one that got me into the, the web game. So, so, because uh, I was curious as far as how Legends of Zork kind of tied in to that whole Zork universe, but it sounds like it does it well. If you know, it actually does it really well, near as I can tell. Like Ian googooed and gagaed over this for like three weeks in a row <laughs> until he until I actually started playing. Uh, before I was working for this website, I was uh, I actually used to go to One Up and I made a, a post about how this this game, you know. 
uh, going online was the most important thing that ever happened. And Jeremy Parrish <laughs> called me stupid. It was awesome. Good for you. I was talking to someone last weekend who knows Parrish uh, a little more personally. I don't know how well, but right. it's funny talking about Parrish to, to other people who, who oh, like I used him. to troll him so much. Uh I'm not gonna go into it, uh, but yeah, no, he's 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 a cool guy. He works his <laughs> butt off. That's one thing I can say. He works all yeah, day, like, all night to write. Okay, guys, this is not Jeremy Parrish fan cast. <laughs> <laughs> Who what else? Do you mean? Hero hates him. <laughs> right, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Let's move on. Who else wants to talk about what they've been playing? Uh, who's next? Manny. What you've been playing? Yeah. Uh, since I just got an Xbox 360 on my birthday, May 5th, I've been catching up on a huge Xbox backlog. So I bought all the Halo games, Gears of War, uh, and just been going through those. Wow. So what would make you buy Halo 1 and 2 and 3 all at once and play them all in the same week? Well, uh, Halo 3 came for free in the Xbox, along with Fable 2, and then Halo 1 and 2 were uh, $10 each on Amazon. So You really should try Fable 2. So did you start with Halo 1, beat it, and then play Halo 2, beat it, and then start Halo 3? Pretty much. Wow, that's well. I can see that though. I mean, when when I play series, I don't care if it's an older series I want to get into. I always start with the first one. They're like nine hours each at most. So, did you do this for like a plot progression or for like a gameplay progression? Like, once I play Halo Three, Halo One will probably seem so archaic and crappy I'll never want to touch it. Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly why I did it. And you know, as I go through them, I appreciate a lot of little things and the uh, the improvements over the years. Right. How do you feel about the story, the whole uh, alien thing? It's basically the movie Aliens, which is okay. I love the movie Aliens. You know, when when I was working at a bookstore, uh, I remember when the Halo book came out. Uh, it, I think it was Ascension or one one of the books. I think it was like the third one in the series, uh-huh. and it was oh, surprising how, yeah, it was crazy how popular those books are. Like, <laughs> I don't know how much backstory Halo really needs, but Jesus, it, it does. It's basically Aliens. Yeah, it's it's a very involved universe, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Well, there's three factions in this story instead of aliens, which only has two factions. Oh, oh, wait! The third faction, the predators. The flood. Oh, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> Alien, predator, humans. <laughs> all right, all right, fair enough. Well, that's fine. So, have you considered any RPGs that you're going to play on your Xbox? Are there any Hopefully RPGs? Fa- on he's Xbox? got Fable Two. He has Fable Two. He has Mass Effect. Uh, we said when we weren't recording that uh, he has Mass Effect. He's put it in oh, the right. 360, and then he ejected it without ever getting a single achievement. <laughs> well, he has to get through I, Halo. I see it under his name, his gamer. To tag. be fair, I've been busy with pre E3 stuff, so I just didn't want to play anything heavy. All right. Yeah, and Halo's definitely not yeah. heavy. Halo One and Two and Three and Gears of War. Just check your brain at the door and shoot stuff. I, I mean, they're, they're good for that. Yeah. I've been writing columns trying to get my E3 credentials ready, so that's what I've been doing. <laughs> so are you rich? Is that why you bought like 10 games of the 360, even though you only want to play two at a time? Um, I have a problem. Presents? A shopping problem. That's very <laughs> California of you. Yes, it is. Hey, hey. Whatever. Do you have a shopping problem too, Vic? I have a shopping uh, problem. I, I, I do, but it's usually on Steam, so it doesn't hurt that much. I blame Amazon. Everything's on sale on Amazon. I have Amazon Prime, free two-day shipping. So yeah, tell, me, tell me you didn't just play shooters all week, Manny. No, no, I played a Pokemon Hexic. Platinum. Wait, didn't you play Hexic? Oh, Plants vs. Zombies. Did he just say Pokemon? 
Pokemon Platinum. Pokemans. I like Pokemon. <laughs> how, how, how do you? Are you <laughs> okay. like combine Halo you Three with Pokemon it? and Plants vs Zombies? <laughs> no, no, as far as, is. Uh, as far as Pokemon goes, like how how long has it been since you played a Pokemon game? Um, I usually play the the emerald or a uh, yellow version of each generation. Right. So it's been since as since what emerald or or what yeah since it? emerald. So only like awesome. three years, three four years. That's- so it's been a pretty big jump. I mean, are you liking it? Yeah, I really do. I wish I could be like a... I wish I had to be a small little white kid, but it's great. <laughs> Alright. Um, so, you know, the fact that it lets you pick between a male and a female means nothing to you. You want to pick between a white kid and a brown kid? Let me put it this way. <laughs> Growing up as a brown person, as you would put it, you don't play many games where you feel represented. Well, if you play a brown person, you can capture other trainers' Pokemon. <laughs> what? I'm not touching Yeah, that. the brown people get the stealing action that the white people don't get. <laughs> what? They're like this is rogues. terrible. No. <laughs> but, but me and Manny are both Hispanic, so we can get away with it. No. No? No. What about the... Wait, you can play the, the short kid, too. So you want an option to be a tall Plants brown Plants vs. Zombies. Next time yes, you're playing and you're on a level, type tricked out. <laughs> yes, tricked out is a great code for Plants vs. Zombies. Actually, someone in uh on IRC just made a good point. You're actually a small Japanese kid, not a small white kid. Right. It's just maybe there aren't enough colors in the DS to make him yellow. <laughs> I don't this know. is derailed. So <laughs> oh, I'm touching that one. Uh, touchy subject. Let's uh, let's move on. Oh, Chris, we skipped you. Yeah. Go ahead. It's okay. <laughs> I can live with it. Oh. So, Chris, I have a question for you. It looks like you've bought the the Sonic Ultimate Collection. Yeah. And it looks like you put it in your 360 and ejected it without getting a single achievement. What's I, up? I, <laughs> Did you play it? Did I you did. check up on all of us? I uh, loaded up. I had a reason to load up uh, Zombie Shining in the Darkness. Or not Zombie Shining. I'm looking at the zombie <laughs> thing. Sorry. <laughs> zombie Shining. I'm sorry. I'm looking up. Uh, I'm trying to look up all the codes and I just found like a cool little... Oh wow! Yeah, you can and, do mustache, and you can do future, and you can do tricked out. I've done future. I don't think I've done tricked out. Hey, in Fallout Three, zombies can glow in the darkness. Mm-hmm. I just saw a really cool idea with garlic that I hadn't thought of. That's really cool. All right, anyway, um, do garlic to where there's a walnut and a whole bunch of melons. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting layout. I usually have um, five rolls of really tricked out stuff, so I don't really need garlic, but. Anyway, um, what I was going to say is I put it in and tried out Shining in the Darkness for like 20 minutes one day. That's it. Yeah, it was before or slightly during a podcast, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, it was the week I had just gotten it, so that's all. I think I was on that podcast. You have to play like a, you know, a little bit into each game to get the achievements, so. So is that a good investment or a bad investment? Oh, I haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, you did. You played it you, uh, 30 bucks, 20 minutes. No, I haven't gotten around to it yet are you going to keep playing shining in the darkness uh shining in the darkness probably not oh it wasn't that bad but i've lost my so anyway, what i've is, lost what my i've played? lost my game tap save of a uh, shining force one so i'm gonna play through shining force on it which is a what have you played this week what have i played this week well all right 
very little wow. So that that's a good thing, right? So what? I, the it's not even on your list. I know because I locked in like once on Monday night. So what I've mostly been playing this week is continuing on with my workout routine in EA Sports Active, um, and that's uh, that's still going on. Still still fun to do stuff instead of being a lump on the couch all day long. So I'm mm-hmm. liking that. You can see the results already. You're looking good. <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been weighing myself. I know that it takes a lot longer than a week to start getting good weight loss. Um, Patapon 2 is the other thing I played a bit of. Uh, they have the demo up on the PSN. And the funny thing about the demo is you can't progress in the story, but you can keep grinding your characters. And it basically turns into you know, an RPG, but with a rhythm battle, uh, uh, rhythm music rhythm battle system. So... I've been Yeah, that's, that was what I told you guys when I said uh RB Gamer should have covered Patapon one. I still no. consider that maybe we should have, but Michael doesn't agree. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Michael was the one that said no, no, not you. Yeah. Um I don't so know. Like Did you... Well it's really up to eyes, you know. Uh, anyway. The uh I, I'm loving the heck out of Patapon two, and I think I think it's much better made. You can grind a lot more easily. Uh, there's still challenge in the game, but they they make it less frustrating and less dependent on good drops from bosses in order to get the stuff you need to fill out your army and stuff. And this the better middle mini games and just very addictive grinding, very well done. Uh, really loving the heck out of that. I'm leveled my characters way further than I ever should have in a demo. And I really got to plop the twenty dollars down at some point. But you've done all this system. just in the demo. Just in the demo. <laughs> You're like I can't progress to the fourth stage, so I'm going to play the third the one. Fifth 100 stage. times. Well, um, they ha- there's 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 hunting stages and uh, training ground stages that I still have not fully completed yet in the demo, because I mean there's stages that are meant to stick around for a long time while you fin- go through the game, so you can kind of really 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 grind ahead. So one day when you buy the game, your level <laughs> seventy patapons will tear <laughs> apart the world. Stage five will be a cinch. Uh. It- there is a limit in that some of the rare materials you need uh, to get the highest level patapons aren't dropping in the, this early, so I'm hitting a wall as far as how far I can evolve them. But uh, I still have almost a, like they want you to buy the game. Yeah, yeah, almost. <laughs> um, I'll get around to it. Michael, I also I forced him. I yelled at him and yelled at him. Try patapon two. Try patapon. He gave up on patapon one because of the the issues with how the grinding works in the game and just some of the balance issues. And I finally got him to download the demo, and it's all he's been playing all weekend. So <laughs> I know that worked out well. Yet another game recommendation. He likes, do you think because he likes Patapon 2 and he didn't like Patapon 1 that maybe RP Gamer will cover the sequel? No. Because I think <laughs> when I tried to convince him to cover Patapon 1, his main problem was that he didn't like it. <laughs> he liked it. He was just frustrated with it. He, so he never finished. Um, but yeah, the, this would be a good time to strike if you want to try and get the site to cover it. Okay, I'll are keep you, that in mind. Are you playing Patapon? Uh, no, I didn't get the sequel. I, oh. I, I had Patapon 1. I loved it. I'll get 2 eventually. You should get 2. It's 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 cool. I got. I have a backlog on the PSP. It is kind of the same thing. game in some ways, but it's just better. And, you know, if you're really, really... You have to mess up twice in order to drop out of fever as far as... You know how you could drop out of fever in the first yeah. one just by not doing... You could do the thing right, but not do it well enough? Yeah. Um, they give you two tries before dropping you out of fever now. Oh, not it doing easier? it well enough. It is easier, but there is also a hard mode. So, uh, I'll start there. So you can start there. I, I on, Honestly, I was so frustrated with the rhythm detection on this and I my own lack of in ability to keep up precise rhythms over long periods of time um, that I, I yanked it down to easy. 
and I like the game a lot more now. <laughs> I just it's I, okay. It's people people I who just, have no rhythm. Yeah, White boys like I you. just can't do Bit. precise rhythm patterns over long periods of time. It's just, I'm a limitation I'm coming to understand from Guitar Hero and everything else. Hey, uh, brown guys, do you two play rhythm games and have no problem with them because you're not white like Chris? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes, we land people really good with rhythm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hell of a dancer, too. What? <laughs> you say he's a hell of a dancer, too. Okay. What do, what do you play on, where do, what do you play on Guitar Hero, Victor? Huh? What do you play on Vita- Guitar Hero? I, I, I've beaten it on Expert. Okay. And I've played... All the tracks except for like five on expert. But I'm talking about, uh, huh? (laughs) Which one? It's like twenty of them now. Well, five of the extra ones. I don't remember which ones, and it wasn't because they were too difficult. Of which one? (laughs) Oh, uh, there's like seven heroes and Rock the Eighties. I played both of those. Okay. Rock the Eighties, I've cleared completely, but so uh, you can beat Dragon Force. Uh, I I can I can't a hundred percent, not even close. I, no, I, I didn't say hundred percent, but you can finish Dragon Force. Uh, on a good day. Yeah. Wow. All right. Sweet. Yeah, I'm nowhere near that. But I play guitar, so I don't know if that's cheating or not. Um, I think that just invalidate. I think it just makes you a lot cooler than people who just play Guitar Hero. Well, yeah. They have a real guitar. <laughs> that means you have a. Life. I'm a real Guitar Hero. Yeah, you're a real Guitar Hero. I, I have people in, uh, friends in WoW who actually graduated from Guitar Hero games to buying real guitars and playing that and it's like oh i should do that and i never do well it's nice when you when you pick up a guitar and you realize that you've learned nothing because uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is absolutely nothing guitar hero teaches you about playing guitar except for hammer-ons which you don't really pick up until after you learn how to play guitar um, so, i actually had a tough time adjusting to guitar hero because i played classical guitar oh yeah that would be an I never played like an electric guitar. So Manny, do you play an instrument too? Is it just me who can't play much of an instrument? I wish I would have done more with my life. I can't play anything. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, but he sing. said he has a girlfriend. How many girlfriends do you have? Shut for? up. <laughs> oh, How many girlfriends yeah, do you have? On. I don't have any girlfriends, but yeah. I'm also not calling Manny uncool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm not calling Manny uncool. What? I like this. It's I'm like just I looking for validation. <laughs> you have a posse? How do you have a posse? We're, we're the Japanese hating. Uh, no, awesome. we're not. No. <laughs> no, you, you, no racist no, posses. No. What? No, Japanese. Oh, I guess that is. That's not really a race. <laughs> <laughs> that's not really a race. I hear, that, I hear they all race. live underground. And no, that's no, that's, e, that's Neon Genesis Evangelion. That's not. They crave entertainment. Whatever. The other thing I played this week was the holy invasion of privacy. What did I do to deserve this Batman? Bad man. Almost said Batman, which would be wrong. That'd be copyright. Um, this is the NIS game that's coming out where you kind of build a dungeon. Well, not kind of. You build a dungeon. Uh, and what I didn't realize is it's kind of a resource management sim in a way because you have to... M- pay attention to what's living in your dungeon and build up kind of an ecosystem so like the really strong stuff can populate your dungeon so that when the heroes come into your dungeon they are killed by the really strong stuff that you are fostering growth of. Sounds more like a strategy game than a sim. Uh, sure. Whatever. Did you ever play, did you ever play Dungeon Keeper? No. Oh, Dungeon Keeper was fun. This is much more fast-paced, I'm sure, than Dungeon Keeper. But from 
So wait, are you playing a demo? Yeah. When so, does that come out? It came I, I out, want to get this game. It just... came out on the 28th. Oh, I didn't. So go, it's on PSN right now. You can download it right onto your PSN. See what happens when I have to work 40 hours a week? I just yeah. lose track of when stuff I want to buy comes out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> in, I totally forgot to mention, in non-video game, but still game, I finally found a copy of Lunch Money. What? <laughs> lunch Money. What is Lunch Money? It is a game where you play as little kids on a school ground and you're beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> what is this for? Uh, what console it's is it? It's an arcade game? game? Oh, a card game. Okay. Yes. I said non-video game, but still awesome game. Got it. Lunch money. Lunch money. It's really good. I actually might bring it to E3 so we can beat up each other. Okay. I'm a big fan of Munchkin. I always love Munchkin. Good yeah. card. <laughs> I won't be bringing Munchkin to E3 because I know Munchkin turns into three-hour sessions and we don't have the time for it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what else cool. do I have? Oh, I also played some Punch-Out. Um, I've gotten past the first guy in the world circuit, uh, Dan Ryan, or Aaron Ryan, rather. And he's, uh, man, they made him crazy. <laughs> he's like, he's got that uh, quintessential Irish... Um, I don't know, thug thingy. It's yet another stereotype that they're putting on there. But right. uh, I know... Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't place... I know I've seen... Stereotype. Yeah. Punch-Out punch is a racist make... game, un- unequivocally. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to a coworker about Punch-Out this week, and I was like, this is the most racist video game I've ever played in my life. I was like, but it's Nintendo, so it's like giggly and happy and shiny, and it's not supposed to offend you. It's okay. It's okay. It's like the Evan... There's no a song that goes, uh, everyone's a little bit racist. Everyone's a like little bit racist, okay. You've been playing Punch Out too, right, Glenn? Well, yeah, I'm playing Punch Out. Yeah. How far have you gotten? I beat Bear Hugger this morning. Although it took on a title defense. Title. It took me about an hour and a half, which I think is the longest it's taken me to beat anybody. Oh, and I, I hadn't, didn't have a chance to start Great Tiger yet. I just oh. watched his intro and then turned it off for I'm the podcast. I'm scared of what he would do in title defense. Great Tiger was the first person I lost to when I was playing the game. I beat everyone else in the first try, and then I got stuck at Great Tiger for what then seemed like a long time. Are you playing motion controls or just sideways controller? Oh, just sideways. Okay. It's. I mean, maybe maybe you'll see when you get to later people. The read the windows where you have to push the button are so tiny. No, I I already I've already switched to sideways. I started out with Wii board, threw that crap out fast because you can't dodge accurately. Max Storm said he lost to Van to Von Kaiser the second match of the game when he played on the Wii board. I lost to Last Joe with the Wii board. All right, (laughs) (laughs) I gave up on the Wii board. It sounds like the Wii board just isn't quite accurate enough. I threw that. Yeah, I'm hearing that everywhere. So yeah, that was, I went off the one-up review. I did the motion control though through through the hippo, King Hippo, and I was able to do that, and that was kind of fun. But it's really straining, and I just can't imagine spending an hour learning patterns on one of these guys using the motion control. That wouldn't work. You just get too tired. I've been using it sideways. Well, like the problem I had with Bear Hugger that made one of the problems that Bear Hugger that made it take forever was you have to punch in these really small windows and you have to yep. your reflexes have to be spot on and you have like less than half a second to realize what's happening to you and push the right button or you know or you're going to get clobbered and on title defense mode it only takes three knockdowns for you to get a game over so even if it's if you get knocked down one each in each round that's a game over oh. so you can't be getting hit and the the windows are so tiny i just i can't imagine playing on anything but the controller sideways so you have to get all the star punches in title defense Depends on the fighter. Okay. I mean, I don't want to be spoilery, but like the way Bear Hugger works, 
I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out what to do, but it just took me over an hour to do it. Because I found that some of these guys, the windows are just... It's very hard to try and get star punches on them. That'll be, that'll, yeah, that would be true to say. On title defense, getting star punches, you pretty much have to to beat some of the guys. Mm-hmm. The way Bear Hugger's set up, you have to get star punches and you have to save them. Ugh. Otherwise, Saving he doesn't take damage. Okay. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, it took a long time. Yeah, it's fun. I love it. I mean, I, I, I'm, I've never been the throw the controller through the wall type. Like, uh, this I game s- makes me want to throw the controller. Yeah, I mean, I swear like a sailor. I curse nonstop oh. when I play this game. And then, like, I laugh at the racial stereotypes. And then I curse when they pummel me. Do you like, the, laugh- uh, do you like the training mode? I haven't used it. Oh, it's wonderful I'm, because... I'm, it, I consider myself too extreme. To okay, training well, that's fine. Because the, but what, what it does is basically gives you unlimited health. But they don't have unlimited health. So you get to play, like, this hologram that looks like it's out of the first Star Wars movie. And and basically, it allows you to practice your timing because you're not getting knocked down and worried about you know getting knocked down. So it helps a lot if you need to practice. What I've found out from from not doing the training mode is I get you know after you knock them down once, they usually they change up their routine. So from, oh, it's from playing, just like that in the training mode. Yeah, from playing regular over and over and over again, I get so good at the first knockdown, and then like once once I am able to like knock someone down in twenty seconds. Then it comes down to practicing the second knockdown and yeah. so on. So it's more of a, I don't know, I like that progression feel. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten any of the challenges yet? Uh, I don't even know what the challenges are. If you play exhibitions against people, they're like achievements oh. for you to get for each fighter. That change from fighter to fighter. I didn't even notice them. I don't know where you find the achievement list. Same place you go to practice. Like yeah. when you practice, you pick the fighter you're on to yeah. practice against them. If you pick someone you've already beaten, then it gives you achievements. Oh, see, that's what I haven't done. Okay. Some of those are pretty fun. If you're if you're ever stuck on the the main series, to go back and just try to get it. But you haven't. You said you haven't done the training mode. No, 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 I haven't done training against a fighter I'm on. It's different. I've done an exhibition match. Okay. It's. I think they call it practice. If you try face someone you haven't beaten yet, if you face someone you've already beaten, it's an exhibition match. Got it. Well. All right, uh, that's all I've done other than a lot of E3 prep this week. I really haven't had much time for gaming. So, What about you, Ke- uh, Victor? Well, 7th was picking up some Steam, do you just want to tail off on that? Yeah, why not? Star Ocean. Hey, sure. so, oh, yeah, I've already talked about So I played Punch-Out. Uh, it arrived last weekend, so I played it last weekend, and I played it some today, and that's how far. It's probably taken me about 10 hours to get through to where I'm at now. So at first I was worried the game would be too easy and it would feel like a waste of money. Because I only bought it because Amazon had it $10 off. But it's so hard. I mean, Punch-Out! from the Wii is so much harder than the first two were. That, Did um, you play the first I mean, two on Nintendo and Super Nintendo? Yeah, I love them. Mm-hmm. I love them. I mean, first Punch-Out! was one of those games, like, you know, when you're a child and you don't necessarily have a long time to play. So Punch-Out! was like one of my favorite games to just put in and play until you lose. Are you like, So you're able to beat both of those? I never beat the first Punch-Out! Okay. I beat Mike Tyson. Uh, yeah, I was never able to beat Mike Tyson. I was never even able to survive a round against Mike Tyson. <laughs> but uh, Super Punch-Out was much easier. It was um, The timing wasn't as tight as it was in the first and third. So like you, the windows felt a little more. It was more about learning the way the fighter fought and kind of picking up strategies of when to hit him and how to hit him and when to dodge and what way to dodge. And once you figured that out, I thought Super Punch-Out was very easy. I mean, it took mm-hmm. a while to learn. The difference is that the Wii version seems to kind of combine the two. You have to pick up strategies like you did in Super Punch-Out, but the timing, the windows of when you have to push the button are so small like in the first Punch-Out. So it's combined into one very hard game. 
So yeah, so that's Punch Out. <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun with it. And uh, Star Ocean First Departure, I'm playing for a few weeks. Uh, when I put when I finished Loco Roco Two, uh, Star Ocean First Departure is the game I play on the train each week. Each week I spend about eight hours on the train. So I've been playing, trying to play Star Ocean. Then it's okay. It's have any of you played it? Not the first one. Mm-mm. Okay. I only played SO2. No. I've only played Second Story. So Adrian loved it, and Clix just wrote a review for it and was less enamored with it. Yeah. I'm kind of more on Clix's side. It's okay. It just it's very. It feels like a remake of a very old game. I, right. honestly, There's really nothing I'm, bad. Just... I've been turned off to the whole Star Ocean series after the set. The way the second game ends. I just I don't feel I like going through a long. I didn't like the second one. I didn't like the third one, so I just stopped playing. I, it's, I feel like you put in a lot of work for really crappy payoff, and it's like, you know, I know it was enjoyable, but it's like, why am I doing this? Uh, I this got... is my first. This is the first Star Ocean game I've given a fair chance to. Okay. I tried Star Ocean three and lasted about twenty minutes, and the voice acting and plot annoyed me so much, I turned it off and never went back to it. <laughs> So well, I don't think opening, anybody liked three, though, did they? Yeah, the opening of Star Ocean three was so bad that I, I mean, I might go back to it sometime. So this is the first real try I've done on a Star Ocean game. I'm about ten hours in. This is one I was talking about earlier. I think it was while we were recording when I said there's a game where like you travel through time and you're on a giant spaceship and then you spend all game bonking people with a sword. That's Star Ocean First Departure. Mm-hmm. Like the game Star begins Ocean with three too. Okay, so you go off in a spaceship, and then you travel 300 years in the past, and then you run around stabbing people with swords. Like, that's the way technology works in that game. <laughs> uh, kind of a tease. But it's okay. I mean, there's really nothing to say about it. It's a really solid but kind of bland game. It's, it's not bad at all, but it's just not, not... It's fun enough that I'm playing it by choice. So, Fallout 3, I finished Broken Steel last weekend. Was that, Ooh, uh, was that good? Yeah, this is my second playthrough of Fallout. Do you feel that it really ruins the ending of the game? Do, do I Why think would it ruins ruin it? it? Yeah. No. Because it takes no. out... Because the, the way it changes the ending, it kind of takes out the impact of it. That's it's kind of jagged. Thing, okay. It, it's, I mean, it's kind of having played it without Broken Steel and then playing it with Broken Steel, it feels kind of disconnected. Mm-hmm. They didn't really try to rewrite the plot any. Okay. They just kind of like, woo, wave a magic wand, and it's like, now you keep, you keep playing. It's, okay. it's kind of... It feels more like, you know, like I so said, they, they waved a ma- Like a Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Ta-da! Right. But you're okay with that? You don't feel yeah, like it ruins it? I mean, no, but... I can live with that. I okay. thought the main plot of Fallout 3 was a disaster. I ah. love the story of Fallout 3 for all the side quests and for the people and for the setting. I thought the main quest was just a mess. Fair so there's enough. nothing yeah. they can do with the main quest that's going to annoy me. <laughs> you know, right. for me, all these games that come out with an SDK, your Neverwinter Nights, your Oblivions, whatever, it always feels like they released a game and the main story is just, this is an example of what you can do with this engine, you know? And then they just put it out there, uh, which is which is a bit weird because, I mean, this is on a console where you can't really do that. But uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it always feels like these stories fall short. And then the mod community comes in and makes awesome things. Uh, or maybe I'm just far removed. But there's I like thought... a Terminator mod coming in right now that's in the works for Fallout 3. Well, didn't Morrowind have a good story? And Morrowind, Morrowind had a decent story. That's what I, I've heard. I, but I, I don't know. I, I think Morrowind was popular more because of the environment that it created and the books and the, and all the backstory and all that. It wasn't really the main story. If you're talking about good. Bethesda games, I think Morrowind has the best story. Mm-hmm. The best main story. Between that and Oblivion and Fallout 3 are the three I played. Alrighty. Because Daggerfall was crap anyway. I never played Daggerfall. That was before my time. What was the first one? Uh, oh, God. Arena? Arena. Yeah. 
Okay. Which I also never played way before my time. I didn't play that one until years after it released. Because they, they had it up for free on the Bethesda website for a while. Was that any good? <laughs> it was old. You know? it, was it, was, old. it was too old to judge. Okay. Well, it's really hard to get into that mindset if you weren't uh, playing it back when it was released. Got it. Because you don't really know what to expect. So, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't impressive. All right. Now, Glenn, I know you also played a game. Oh. Sorry, what were you going to say? say this, this was my second playthrough of Fallout 3. Uh, I started it the same day Broken Steel released, so I could play it with Broken Steel. I thought the bigger deal about Broken Steel wasn't the way it fixed the ending, but the way it added to the main game. It sounds like if you haven't finished the game, get Broken Steel, because it's going to help you it's yeah, make it, the whole game more it, enjoyable. You know, it's not like our, Operation Anchorage in the pit, just like add five hours worth of a, another side quest. Mm-hmm. Broken Steel adds stuff to the main content of the game. It Why puts up the level. reviewing these? It's, why aren't we reviewing a, these? Why aren't we? Yeah, like Broken like, Steel. Like, a reviewer, and no other reviewers played it. Yeah. All right. I thought about it. I did, but usually, from what I've asked before, it's hard getting reviewers to review extra content. I mean, Plus, well, they've got this package of all three together coming soon. They can yeah, I'll that. do it. <laughs> yeah, Kira. Why not? You should. I should. Yeah, so I, I like the way Broken Steel put up the level cap. It made the... I mean, the original game world is way too big for the, the level 20 cap you get. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I first played the game, I played it for maybe 50 hours. And for maybe the last 10 or 15 hours, I had already been level 20 the whole time. Yeah. And it just, it takes away. That's, I've heard this uh, uh, by other people too. It's like they wish they would have had this earlier so they could have enjoyed the new perks and gotten higher level. Because just playing so, through Broken Steel's content, you won't max out the new level cap. Yep. yep. Right. So that was why I waited for the second. Pl- I, you know, I finished it in November, so yeah. I waited for the second playthrough when I heard what Broken Steel was going to be, and then you know, download the content, you know, then restart a new game and just had it all from the start. Cool. And like they add, uh, they add extra hard enemies at the end too. So even after I was a uh, you know level twenty something Lord of the Wasteland, there were still a couple enemies in the game that could give me a run for the money because they were so tough. So mm-hmm. I like that too. It kept the challenge up. Not that it's a very hard game, but how how long did your second playthrough take you? I did a lot of stuff, but it was 100 okay. hours. On a second playthrough. Wow. Yeah. It did, I did every quest in the game but one and found, went to almost every location in the game. Wow. Okay. Now, were, so, were, were you at all an Oblivion Morrowind person? Uh, yeah. So, I played so Morrowind. Huh? Go, go ahead. I was just say, like, I played Morrowind one summer when I didn't have a lot of free time, and I got to the end but didn't have time to finish it, and then never got a chance to go back to it. And Oblivion, I played when it first came out, beat it in, like, two weeks, 120 hours, loved it. Well, because I was going to ask, you know, after playing Fallout 3, if you, if you like, if they announce TS5, if you're going to be looking forward to that, but it sounds like you are. Oh, um, yeah. I will buy, I will pre-order anything Bethesda makes. So. Yeah. So, Brink, well, you're already on top of? What? You're already on top of Brink? I, I can't understand you. Brink. The uh, trailer just came out for Brink this week from Bethesda. Oh, I don't know what that is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is, I, that you know, exactly, is that something you're making? You know what? Actually, they aren't, they aren't developing it themselves, so maybe that doesn't count. They are mm. publishing it. Yeah, I meant, I meant stuff that they, they, they Develop, make. Yeah. yeah. Not stuff other people make and then they, they publish. Yeah, everybody... Knew, it was a collect... This was a trailer that had an obelisk, and then it focused on a guy's eye, and it lasted about 15 seconds, and you just got to see this guy's eye, and that was Brink. 
Sounds enthralling. Neil Gaff had a collective, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, I'm also looking forward to whatever Obsidian does with the Fallout 3 engine when they come out with Las Vegas. I'm sure it'll be a buggy mess, but I'm, I'm also sure... I'm more interested in Alpha Protocol from them. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm and looking forward the, to Las Vegas, too. The only other game I've been playing is Owen Don 2, which is, for people who don't know, when Elite Beat Agents came out in the DS... Owen Don was the Japanese version of it, and it was all like J-pop songs. And then they right. kind of Americanized it and called it Elite Beat Agents. And then in Japan, there's a sequel called Owen Don 2, and they've never made a sequel to Elite Beat Agents. No. So Owen Don goes for like 80 bucks because they don't make it anymore. It doesn't. And, it, no, I got it for like 40 Recently? Yeah. Like At, at Midwest Gaming Classic. When I was looking online a month ago, I couldn't find it for less than 80 hmm. So yeah, so Owen Don 2 was only $30 because it just came out, I guess, yeah. so... So I got Owen Don to import it from Japan for thirty bucks. And it was fun. It's fun. Might have to get that. Yeah, I, I beat I, it on yeah. hard. I'm going I like, through Uber hard right now. I don't know. Maybe Chris can appreciate this. I liked Owen Don way better than I liked Elite Beat Agent. Well, I I like uh, the song selections in Owen Don because I I okay. like Japanese pop more. So of course I like it better than Elite Beat Agent. Okay. I also feel that the things they do, the song, the mechanics of each song are more interesting in Owen Don. I I. Like from the get go, even on I'm easy, not totally you do insane. More, more interesting things. Um, but so Michael really, played, really likes. I haven't played Undon, but yeah, I lo- I love the song selection of Leaping Agents. But I, I don't. I just enough of that crap and like Skater Boy and. Uh, See, I think that's stupid, the problem. Uh, they chose like really gay songs. It's like Cher I and like call them Av- gay, but I would say that they yeah. Are so like, I think that like, I really like the <laughs> Jumpin' Jack Flash. No, like, I'm pretty sure that we could all agree that Cher is a pretty gay song. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, Cher is a gay song. So, so I don't know why you like. Well, you I like just, they sped okay. up Jumpin' Jack Flash. I liked Anthem. Like I liked. All, I, there's a couple yeah, good songs, just, but not most of them. Yeah, the, I think my problem with Elite Beat Agents was that it was like the first half of the songs. I was not terribly enthused with. I mean, yeah, I like. I don't know. I have friends. That I think it's too diverse. Like, and then person. in Owen Don, <laughs> songs all kind of feel the same. In Elite Beat Agents, they had such a diverse range of songs. Okay, that we, we, we should move there. on. <laughs> we should probably like, move on. Okay. <laughs> We're debating Owen Dunn. <laughs> um, okay, that's, okay that's so it. I guess that's it. Oh, wait, no, Kier, no, Victor, you didn't go. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, let's see. I start, okay, I, um, there's a Steam sale going on. It's going on until June 5th. So hopefully by the time this goes up, it'll still be up. Uh, and it's for Freedom Force and Freedom Force versus the Third Reich okay. together for $6.49 on Steam, which is awesome. Um, wow. Now, for, for people who don't know, Freedom Force and Freedom Force versus the Third Reich are Ken Levine games. Ken Levine being the dude behind Bioshock and System Shock and uh, Thief and all those. Um, and they reviewed extremely well and they sold really poorly, but they're uh, basically uh, Baldur's Gate style games uh, with your, you know, you, you have a squad and you could pause at any time and it's very strategic, but it's all kind of like golden era superhero uh, mass to it. Um, now, because this does seem to be stereotype cast, um, they're <laughs> the characters are really interesting. There's like, for example, there's this Hispanic guy. He's called and by interesting. El- you mean politically incorrect? Well, okay. So there's this guy. He's called El Diablo, and his first line in the game is like, "Hey, did somebody order Mexican? Ay, caramba!" Oh, you know, gosh. like <laughs> just like that. Wow, atrocious. 
That's but terrible. because of the uh, of the of the scheme of I mean just the way the game looks and the and the voice acting and everything, you don't feel offended as much as you're you. It feels like you're playing a comic book from you know way back in the day, and you have really bizarre characters like the Minuteman, who's you know obviously in the revolutionary outfit and he yells you know very very American phrases and he has attacks like you know the arm of the free or <laughs> whatever and it's just I don't know it, it's it's very campy and it's very entertaining and it's really hard. Um, but I don't know. I think it's a fantastic value, and uh, I'm having a lot of fun. And you get to fight Nazis in Russia, like you know, like uh, <laughs> the, the the main villain in the first mission is uh, this guy called uh, the Red, and you know, Red October is his is his compadre, and they have a, a, a another friend who's called Nuclear Winter, and you know, I mean, it's it's just it's just really entertaining and, and campy and fun. But uh, yeah, check it out. It's cheap. When did uh, it come out? Huh? When did it come out originally? Uh, Freedom Force came out in 2002, I want to say, and the the, the the sequel came out in 05. Um, yeah, I guess the sequel was when I was... I thought it came out around 2004, but I must have missed the first one then. I'm trying to think of why I never played it, if it came out a while ago. It must have somehow went under my radar, the first one, because I was you know, playing the, PC back then. Yeah, no, I, it, they just came out in years when you know a lot of stuff was coming out on the PC, so they were really easy to miss, and they were kind of niche and But yeah, no, they're really good games, and I'm looking at Metacritic right now. Freedom Force got a 90, and Freedom Force vs. the Third Rye got an 86. So I always they're... wanted to try these and was never able to make time. Well, it's six bucks. So, Manny, you, know. you didn't try these, did you? No, I never got the chance. I heard good things, though. They're excellent, and and they have like a physics system, so you can get you know like if you're a really strong superhero, you can pick up a car and throw it, and if it hits a building, the building will collapse. And I mean, it's really cool. Uh, you can make your own superheroes. There's also like 17 playable characters, and yeah, is there a morality aspect to it, or is it all linear? You're 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 a superhero, so <laughs> you know you. So you can't like beat up children and become a corrupt superhero. Uh, you can, but it's not as much you can become corrupt. There's just, like, secondary objectives. Like, there's this mission where you go to Cuba, and you're supposed to find out who, who's, the, who's the mole within all the locals, so you're supposed to, you know, beat the crap out of them until they tell you. But if you knock them out, you'll, you'll miss secondary objectives and you'll experience and that kind of thing. But, you know, you don't become evil. Uh, but they do have very cool, like, there's this one guy, his name is Doomsday, and it was like this guy that got framed for murder, and when he was in the electric chair, Power X flowed into the electric line and turned him into this, this demon that, that <laughs> killed people who wronged them. So do you get a full backstory for every single villain you go after? Oh, it's so awesome. Like, basically, every villain and every superhero has a secret origin, and if you hit the secret origin thing, there, there's a big encyclopedia of things. They'll have, like, an animated sequence where Excellent. it shows you how they became a superhero awesome uh, it's all like really tongue-in-cheap campy you know it's so so good stuff. awesome yeah and i mean ken levine knows how to make the and I, like i said i mean it is 99 percent stereotypes but you i i love el diablo because he's always thinking about women and he's very smooth and he's on fire and he's like oh is something hot in here you know i mean he's i don't know it, it's very cool uh, is the battle system like straight action where you don't control anyone else, or is it more like Baldur's Gate yeah. where it's like pausing it is, tactical? It is exactly like Baldur's Gate. You you control all your characters. You can pause at any time to give out orders and queue them up. Uh, actually, you don't queue them up. You just you know 
tell them what to do and they'll keep doing that until they tell them something else. Uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, if you want to play it totally strategically, you can. Once you get the hang of it and off the hotkeys, you don't have to pause as much. But it is a very difficult game. Like this is the kind of game where you can kill yourself in the training mission. So you know, it, it takes a little getting used to, but it's hmm. so worth it. Um, so yeah, it's it, it, even if it's not on sale, they're about I think they're four ninety nine a piece. <laughs> oh, I guess it's not an RPG. Looks like we didn't cover it. No, oh, no, I, I I moaned and 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 bitched about this, and you know, I, I want to cover them. I just haven't had time to to write up a review. But they are RPGs. Uh, they're just PC RPGs, which are strange and unusual. strange and scary. We can't yeah. handle them. But very fun. Uh, let's see what else have I been playing. Oh, I played uh, Avalon Code. Um, I didn't play a whole lot of it because I got really bored with it. Uh, the moment I started up the game and I was all like, well, uh, you're arbitrarily the chosen one and the world's going to end. <laughs> and, you know, you got to save it, you know. Uh, and then I started playing this game and there was just something that I didn't like about it. And I, I couldn't put my finger on it. So I went online and I, I, I looked it up on Wikipedia. And it turns out that these, this game was made by the same people that made a game, another game I really disliked, which was Alundra. <laughs> um, now, basically, Alundra to me felt like a really bad version of Soul Blazer. Uh, which is a, an old Super Nintendo game. And this feels like a bad version of a bad version of Soul Blazer. Uh, <laughs> with, with a really arbitrary uh, MP system that, that basically is like, oh, you're in a boss fight, you figure out a really cool strategy, but you're out of MPs or you're just going to have to die. Um, and I don't know. I mean, yeah, the mechanic is really cool. You can, you can make a cat sword. Uh, but it, it it really falls apart because to make that cat sword you have to play the game and that's just not enjoyable. Um, so I didn't like Avalon Code, but then I started playing Darkfire, which I've talked about and I really liked. So you know, how far are you in? Uh, I am like five hours in. I'm not that far in. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's really cool. So when you said you have no clue, why people are complaining what, that it's so hard. Well, you basically, understood that you're five hours into like a forty-hour game. Yeah, but I mean, from what I've been reading, everybody seems to to, to agree that the that the, the the first few levels are the hardest because it's so easy to die and you have no money to revive people or whatever. And uh, I mean, I just breeze through all that. So, yeah. All right. I mean, I'll keep playing it and I'll, I'll definitely give an updated. Uh, I I pre-ordered it, so I mean, I'll try it at some point. But I feel like with games like that, when they're really difficult, you have to play them differently. You know, if you're used to playing Final Fantasy and then you try to play Dark Spire like it's Final Fantasy, you're going to think it's really hard. You have oh, to yeah. play uh, a little if you, different. If you if you want to go around and run around trying to grind monsters <laughs> and you try to do more than two, you're going to die and you're going to be broke and then you're going to have to delete your characters and buy new ones because they're it's not it's not an easy game. It's just you know it expects you to pace yourself and to. You know, know that you have to save your game, which you can do at any time, anytime you open a door, because it could <laughs> potentially kill you. Um, but if you if you play with that mindset, it's not that difficult. Um, let's see what else I I, I played uh, PVZ. I played WoW. Oh, and I got back into Morrowind, uh, which is what you uh, said. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I uh, how was it? we were talking about Elder Scrolls the other day, and I just I, it came to mind, and I couldn't help it. How does it compare? <laughs> To what it used to be? Wait, wait. Manny was actually going to talk. Let's let him talk. Yeah, I was just saying, I've always wanted to play that game, but I didn't have an Xbox at the time. And I think it's kind of silly to go back and play that now when I have, what, I still have to finish Fallout 3 and Oblivion. Mm-hmm. Mm, you 
you would think so. I mean, the thing about these games is that because the mod community is so active, basically Morrowind right now can look as good as Oblivion does. And it has ten times more content if you get the PC version. Uh, <coughs> so, I don't know. Because yeah, I, mean, I, I always I, felt like Oblivion didn't have enough to do in it. <laughs> Whoa. <until you> <laughs> that was getting... my main gripe. <laughs> Does the gameplay hold up? Uh, yeah, I mean, I play with a lot of mods, and a lot of the mods, like, the biggest problem that I had with Morrowind, and I thought a lot of people did, was the combat. Um, and, and the mods fix that, you know, I mean, the mods give you totally new weapons, you can have arrows that you shoot that drop ropes down, that you can use to sneak into places, and guards don't hear you from 64 miles away, and, yeah, you know, how I mean, do you figure out which mods you should put on? Uh, it, it's very trial and error. I yeah. mean, you can. All of these communities have like you know, this one has gotten five stars and it's been nominated for whatever. And I mean, you know, well, they're, if they're I'm very looking op- for somebody to put together like these three mods will make the game better. Just put these no, that, these three together or something like that. They have big things like for for Oblivion, for example. If you don't get anything but one mod, you you get O O O, which is Oblivion's. I mean, Obscur- Obscuros, Oblivion <laughs> Overhaul. I think I got that right. Okay. Uh, and if you could get that, you don't need anything else. You can get other stuff, but, you know, these are the basic, uh, huge, we're fixing everything that was broken mods. And you can just use that as a, as a, as a jumping off point, you know. And, and uh, Manny, just for my first impression, I thought that Morrowind did a lot of things that I liked better than Oblivion. It was kind of, when I went from Morrowind to Oblivion, Oblivion cleaned up some things. I mean, there were definitely things better, and just normal game, gameplay mechanics were done better in Oblivion. But there were, like, one of the things I liked about Morrowind was it didn't hold your hand as much. But that frustrated yeah. people because they would get lost. So then Oblivion has like Auto Compass and Fallout 3 also that tells you exactly psychically where to go. And right. I, I, liked, I liked in Morrowind that it was a lot more... It felt more like you were exploring a world, almost like the original Legend of Zelda, kind of. And that it was just kind of this big world and you could find stuff. Whereas Oblivion and Morrowind were like... You need to go to this cave, and then you can click a button, and the cave will be highlighted on your map, and what direction you need to go will be on the compass. So, right. I mean, there are some things I thought Morrowind did better. I, I, I do want to go back and play Morrowind at some point, especially since I didn't finish it. But, like, one of the neatest points in Morrowind for me was you get, like, it's kind of a quest, but someone tells you to go somewhere, and they give you these kind of vague directions. And, like, when you follow these vague directions, you might walk to somewhere you've walked by a dozen times already and never thought much of it. But, like, it was just really awesome to followed you know directions the NPC gave you and figure out where something was and now right. it's just like this important key hidden underground city or something so like that aspect of Morrowind I liked a lot like the feeling of exploration and it felt more like you were playing out an RPG I read up on the story and it seems a bit more political and faction based is it uh, absolutely I mean I think they were both kind of edging on it I just think that Morrowind brings it a lot more to the foreground than Oblivion did for Oblivion well, it, it was just kind of giant evil Save the world, that kind of thing. All right. Well, yeah. this isn't this isn't really a backtrack, so we should probably oh, yeah. <laughs> move on from Morrowind. It sounds like this would be a good topic for it. Some of the Elder Scrolls series. Uh, yeah, it has to be just me and Victor. I don't think anyone else. Is <laughs> <laughs> well, I just uh, want to keep moving on because there's a lot of new stuff that came out this week, and I don't want to get too buried down in the old stuff. Um, no, I'm, I'm done. Right. That, that, was, that was the last game I played. Hey, that was fun. We got E3 next week. We got a lot of stuff to talk about for E3. Ah, predictions, predictions. Yeah, but not not yet. Let's let's wait on that a little bit. First, we got all the announcements that came out this week, and the first off was Xseed, and they announced Fragile. So it's a game called Fragile: Farewell Ruins of the Moon. It's a title being made by Tri Crescendo, right? Um, I believe I have that correct. 
Yeah, try Crescendo and beat uh, Namco Bandai and try Crescendo, I guess. But XE will be bringing it out in the U.S. It'll be coming out in Japan on, uh, oh, it already came out in Japan and sold, I don't know. We have some stats about how it sold, but I don't know <laughs> what that really means overall. <laughs> it sold some it's like, copies. It's sold 26,000 copies the first week. Okay. So I don't know a lot about <laughs> the game, much. but I know that Adrian Denalden... Adrian is crazy about this. Yeah, Adrian is all over this game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't really now, know course, much Victor, about it either. For you, he was also all over Avalon Code. Looking forward to that, I think. So, uh, Didn't Adrian but, like a Tales game, too? Tales well, of yeah, Vesperia. Doesn't, it, I don't know. Don't I don't know. know much about Fragile. All I know is what Adrian has told me, but it's been so much fanboy gibberish that it's hard to pick out what's real and what's not. I mean, there's some story details here. You take on the role of Sato, who is um, basically, it seems like he's the last guy on Earth until he meets this other girl, but then he can't find her after he meets her the first time. So you're trying to look for survivors and stuff. It's a post-apocalyptic game. Um, the art style is really beautiful. The screens are, are great. But you're doing a lot of stuff with a flashlight. Um, I, we know it's an RPG, but beyond that, I don't know anything about you know how this really works out. Which is sad since it's out, and I really should. But uh, <laughs> it seems like it's kind of an action-ish game that involves you shining a flashlight on stuff. Yeah, you use a flashlight to interact with and solve puzzles. Uh, you can also use a stick, a bow, a crowbar, and a hatchet as weapons. Um, so it seems kind of like a third-person action game in that respect. Yeah. But it's an RPG, so how or a survival works. horror. Yeah, survival horror. Yeah, but like cartoony survival, like the Punch Out of survival horror. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on the Wii, so <laughs> I thought I was Evil Dead. <laughs> like apparently, there's some fog and everyone's disappeared and seems really lonely um but people are really excited because it got extraordinarily good reviews so yeah. i'm gonna have to go watch some videos of this so go check it out and be excited that yeah exceed's taking a chance with this one because it sounds like it's a chance it's worth taking hopefully people support it uh dragon age origins got a date and a trailer uh did you see Woo! the trailer yes yeah, the crappiest uh, stupidest trailer i've ever seen it's just in cinemas. yeah a lot of blood bad trailer it was a terrible trailer <laughs> It's the trailer um, that's supposed to appeal to people like Manny, who love, it had a rock love, love song him. in it. All right, it's a fantasy RPG yeah. with a rock song in the trailer and a lot of blood being splashed around. You know, I watched it during the game trailers preview. Yeah, I, I watched that event too. Yeah, it fit in perfectly with what they were trying to do there, but I didn't. Like Which the is appeal to eighteen-year-olds with too many hormones. But Manny, Basically. the first thing you did when you got an Xbox was say, "I must play the Halo series." <laughs> the trailer was for people like this you. is for you. Yeah, Gears of War. The first thing I did was I played uh, Condemned. So yeah, I guess you're right. Okay. You're supposed to look at this trailer and be like, "Oh wow, blood and no plot and breasts." This I'm is all for over me. this. <laughs> well, I think I think they ha- they have the 25 plus year old uh, demographic. No. By, I, you by know what I think? Bioware. I think this is EA's influence. I think this is EA owning Bioware doing this <laughs> crap. I'm blaming. Yeah. You know, I just think that they know that they have us when they say Bioware is releasing a new fantasy RPG, and they yeah, already that takes have care of the Bioware fans. Billion. Now everybody so, else. <laughs> let's appeal to everybody else with this, metal, you know, hair metal to to Fair blood. Enough. Fair enough. There you go. All right, we got a date, October twentieth, two thousand nine. Did anyone else think that the game didn't look that good? I mean, did that look like there October two thousand nine level graphics? Oh no, but it Bioware games don't tend to. Well, Mass Effect had a had a nice art style. Yeah, it had a large filter on it, is what it had. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that you know, it'll it'll at least be passable. I can't say anything about the art design because I haven't seen enough of I it. I think that the uh, the uh, graphics game is going to be Mass Effect Two because I saw some of the stuff for that this week, and that's looking right. much more advanced for graphics. 
you know, it could be ASCII art. Uh, I mean, just some of the stuff that they're doing as far as the story goes and how they're talking about it. I mean, they seem really hyped on it, and when they seem really hyped on it, that that that. Uh, I think that the thing to remember with these RPGs that aren't like the twenty-hour romps that Mass Effect are, when they're these one hundred to two hundred to three hundred-hour things like a Baldur's Gate, um, Glenn, is that they started four years ago, and so the graphics engine kind of got its foundations a little bit earlier like, than the most like recent Like Oblivion, graphics. like yeah. Fallout 3? Well, the thing is with Oblivion is I think Bethesda tries to push the graphics too much and ends up with a buggier game. Yeah. That's it's just not my just the graphics, it. it's just the engine in general. Yeah, it's... that's not the graphics. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm with you, Chris. I mean, it just it looks like Dragon Age Origins was in development for so long that they just locked in the graphics like in 2006. I, I don't, yeah, I... Which doesn't bother me. I, 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 I think I, what they did is they have an engine that they designed early on, and now they're adding graphical tweaks on top of it. Yeah, but yeah, like the Mass Effect face face recognition thing, where you know that they, they capture the mocap rather. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's really realistic, and the eyes don't seem dead inside. And yeah. So I, I, I don't. No, I'm looking forward to this, and I'll pre-order it. I mean, I'm not doubting that. It's just no, it is kind of weird that it looks like they locked the graphics in so long ago. I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm just saying I'm not I'm not surprised that the team's probably focusing more on extraordinarily large amounts of content than they are on graphical fidelity. And yeah. that Mass Effect is going to be your more visual rump. But, you know, whatever. I, I just can't wait to see it. <laughs> I need to own this game. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping we get to actually get our hands on it next week. Um didn't you get your hands on it a year ago? No. At PAX? Nope. It was uh, not a hands-on demo. Oh, it was just something you watched. Yep. Which what were you saying, Anna? Did you play at PAX? Dragon Age Origins. Yeah. I think I was at a different meeting than you. Okay. Uh, was that a razor in the background? You, you Is someone shaving? It's Dragon Age Origins and Champions Online. Yep. And I was like, screw you guys, I'm going to go see Hudson. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Hudson, always a great great one to put your money on. Hey, they <laughs> had curling in their new sports game. That was awesome. Hey, I like the stuff that they're putting up uh, like online and that sort of stuff. Oh, Hudson. How am I yeah, a have? curling Adventure video Island. game. Like, I can't wait to pre-order that. It was like Wii Decathlon. It was a big sports package. It had a whole bunch of really good stuff. It had like figure skating oh and God. archery and curling. And... Did it even come out? Yes. <laughs> okay. I don't even remember it coming out. Oh. oh, we got more news from Xseed, though. And this is exciting because I went through. Okay, some of the stuff's awesome. So Xseed uh, said, here's our E3 lineup. First of all, Lunar Silver Star Harmony. Uh, which obviously we know now that Xseed is publishing Lunar Silver Star Harmony in the U.S. Uh, they also said Half Minute Hero, aka Yusha Thirty. This looks awesome. <laughs> Go. What? What is it? It is. Yeah, you do you guys know much about Yusha Thirty? Do you want to describe it? No, I don't know. I'm asking genuinely. Okay, so Yusha Thirty, and I only know thanks to one of our th- forum posters who did a good job here, and I should probably credit him, but. Um, I don't remember his name off the top of my head. So <laughs> what they did, what Yusha 30 is, is it's kind of a game that has four pieces. And there's multiple stages in, each, in the style of each piece. And, but each one has a, a timer that lasts 30 seconds. And you have to do different things in, in each uh, type of game mode to extend your timer. So the first one that we all care about is the RPG mode. So you have an RPG, you have a character, and you literally have 30 seconds to run around and kill some enemies and collect some gold. Battles 
end in like two seconds. It's basically you moving from left to right, and your guy contacts the enemies. He you know does damage, and then they die, and then you move out of the right side of the screen. There's no like screens to to push through and like uh, get your 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 stats or your or your levels or your gold or anything. It just all happens automatically. And you'll see like <laughs> you watch the video, and it's like finishes a battle level two, finishes a battle level three, finishes a battle level four. So you're progressing <laughs> really really quickly because you got this timer hanging over your head. Then he goes to a town, he prays to a statue, um, resets the clock to thirty seconds, maybe buys a piece of armor, goes back to the castle, buying that piece of armor, finished a quest. He got a guy to come with him, go kill some more guys, get some money, get, fills the timer again, goes up north to a cave um the cave really <laughs> lasts about he explored a cave in about four and a half seconds and killed a boss and got a treasure box came out went back to town praise walks over to the right side of the the map goes to a castle and kills a boss so it, it took about a minute and 54 seconds to beat an entire like mini rpg in this game but so it's warrior rpg kind of <laughs> Well, it's, it's longer uh, than WarriorWare. It's, it's Tom Wordwad was the one that had the explanation. That's the East fanboy. Oh, okay. Thank you, Wordwad. So, East <laughs> the random games that everyone thinks is crap in North America, but obviously was clearly superior in Japan, guy. This seriously, he's the, like fifty-fifty. Every now and then, he writes about a game he loves in the forum, and I think he's smart. And other times, he seems to like crappy games and dislike good ones. He links to, in our Lunar and More at E3 Stories uh, message board thread, he links to YouTube movies. I highly recommend watching them. Um, you could just go and search on YouTube for Yusha 30 or Half Minute 30. Uh, oh half yeah, minute he Hero. has lots of really good posts. And, He's uh, just so little... Sure, sure. And uh, you can also see the um, uh, a trailer one that he links that has snippets of each one. So like the Princess one is kind of a shoot 'em up level we got another one's kind of an rts level and then another one that's kind of more of an action rpg level and yeah, i think i'm going to, have to wait for reviews but this does sound really fun <laughs> this yeah, sounds sound really the, the, the visual style is all 8-bit and the music oh. from on the rpg stage listen to that video it's wonderful so i really am looking forward to it. all this stuff is like happening basically it's like 30 seconds until the end of the world and it's like all these heroes are separately working together to like um uh, I don't know, <laughs> fix everything in 30 seconds and they pray to the goddess to help restore the time and I don't know, whatever. <laughs> it's really cool sounding. <laughs> so I hope that does well for them because I'd like to see more of that. But Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm already interested and that's kind of tough for me. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Fragile will also be at E3 from XE next week. Arc Rise Fantasia will be there. Little King Story. Ragnarok Online for the DS, even though it's not online. <laughs> Valhalla Knights Eldar Saga for the Wii. Uh, all wow. will be there. The, Lu- Yusha is like kind of the big reveal as far as um, hardcore gamers go this week. Right. Whoa, Yusha 30 is coming. Yay, somebody's bringing it over. Um, all right. Koei is relevant <laughs> again, apparently. <Damn. laughs> Sorry. I thought my mic was muted. That's Couldn't right. you hit the mic but instead of your face? <laughs> did you cover your face at all? Or did you just spit all over your yes. computer? <laughs> <laughs> I did cover my mouth. Koei. <laughs> all right. Well, Koei, I haven't heard about them in a while. Yeah, so they are they just announced that they're releasing a game called um, Z- <laughs> Trinity Souls of Zil-Ol. Which I don't know what that means. And it's going to be coming what? out in North America later this year for the PS3. And uh, it's being developed by Omega Force. The 
<laughs> that's all I really know. Okay, I have to be honest. Anyone here excited about this at all? I don't understand nope. it at all. I don't no. know anything about it. No, no one's excited at all. <laughs> from the developers of Dynasty Warriors. It's from the Warriors. Dynasty Warriors people is uh... the problem. All right, so one up had some more details. <laughs> it's the Dynasty. It's from Koei. K-O-E-I. Um, <laughs> surely you at least know the company's name. I believe we have a meeting to check this out, so we'll be able to tell you. We'll get our hands on it. All right, so Zillow is a Japan-only RPG released in the PlayStation in 1999 and later expanded and re-released on the PS2 and PSP. Um, It's an action RPG where you control a part of three people. Uh, Okay, so you control some three people. It's an open-ended game, and that's all I really know. (laughs) So it could be anything, and it's by Koei. game are you talking about? Zillow. Oh. Trinity Zillow. Trinity Zillow Zero. Next topic. Yeah. (laughs) We're trying to understand this. Okay. All right. All right. Nobody cares about a collective shrug from the video game. Because that's all right. That's the (laughs) last native story we had. Um, Hope that wasn't an exclusive announcement for RP Gamer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking no. Better bookings on this. Thinking no. Uh, Legend (laughs) Level Five released their Roid game lineup. Which is not a steroids thing, but uh, Roid is their version of Steam, and it's for the mobile phone marketplace in Japan only. Now, I won't waste much time on it because we hate mobile phone only games here at RP Gamer because we never get to experience them, especially if they're in Japan because they have better phones than we do. Um, anyway, but uh, the the relevant tie-in here is that there is an RPG that they've released, or two of them, I guess. There's an RPG-ish adventure with Pro- Professor Layton, Professor Layton's London Life, so that's kind of cool, and Nino Kumi Hot. Uh, Hotroit Stories, an adventure game set in Level 5's upcoming Studio Ghibli tie-in. And the Studio Ghibli tie-in, Nino Kumi, um, what the heck's the name? The Another World, is an RPG. So it'd be interesting to see if, like the Square Enix cell phone games, uh, Level 5 stuff jumps the pond. Or not the pond, the pond would be the Atlantic Ocean. Jumps the ocean, jumps over to the U.S., Nobody cares. Right. Okay. You don't care. lost you really me when you hate. said cell phone Japan exclusive. Service. That's fine. Well, it's exclusive for now. All right. Well, if it makes it DSI, where I'd be happy. Yeah, it makes it. That, yeah, that's, <laughs> what, that's what would be, that would be the question. All right, fine. Screw that. All right. So in other news, also just out on the, on the scene today on Engadget, you can see pictures of the Sony PSP Go. It's uh, ugly. It's ugly. That's the, that's the consensus so far. Um, <laughs> they have a video. Oh wow, that's that's. It was leaked directly cool. from the their core uh, web series. How was it leaked from core? Someone got an early build. Of, I mean, an early Ar- copy early of the release show. of core, huh? Okay, so here's the specs of this. It's uh wow. Uh, the, okay, the sixteen gigs of Thank internal you. memory built, built in, in Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Yeah. Yeah. And an undisclosed memory slot, whatever that means. They don't know the format, I so guess. So it's UMD, obviously no UMD. And... Which is awesome. It's about time we get away from media. Ugh. What's the controller? Oh, okay. So it, it's, it's it a cell phone down. side design. The, the faceplate slides up, and underneath are the game pads. It's and kind of... Do I see two analog sticks there? Nope. No. Okay. No touchscreen. none. Like, when you look at it with the screen down, it looks like you control it with your... Honestly, I don't think we need another touchscreen device. I'd rather have a standard gaming console. But, I mean, to not have two analog sticks is... That makes no sense. Wow. Yeah, that, the problem with the PSV, I thought, was that it only had one. Yeah. 
Well, I think the so, problem was people were designing games for the system that were designed for two sticks, but yeah. you know, now people are making games that understand that there's only one nub, like uh, the lace resistance. Right. So they're really going to do this, huh? Wow. Who would have thought that the Zune would be the prettiest thing coming out, recent, coming out soon? I know. That's <laughs> yeah, a good point. The, the, the Zune looks pretty. Sony needed to contract Apple to design it for them or something. Yeah, I don't Sony does not do, do well with their designs. I don't get Sony. They, they, they came out and said, um, you know, sorry. oh, we're, we're looking, we're looking there, to there stabilize and make profit. Again. And then they're like, okay, we're going to compete with the DSi because that's a good idea. This isn't even competing with the DSi, though, is it? Not really. It's going to be ex- it's going to be more expensive. I mean, with a design like this, and not have right. what? What the heck? I'm actually <laughs> I, don't buy, I don't buy the whole it doesn't compete with a DSI thing. If it's a handheld thing and its primary purpose is to play video games, then they can. Oh, I, I guess I should have said I don't think it'll compete successfully with that. Right. Oh, okay. I don't think it's going to get. Which that is market. my point. I mean, do they just love wasting money on these things? The PSP or has what? sold very well. You know, yeah. there's still like 20 million units out and of the And do you world. know why it's sold very well? Because people can use it for things other than just playing games by hacking it. Right. <laughs> well, part I mean, the games yeah. don't sell well. well. It's just it a hardware. It is a highly pirated system. Like, yeah. a lot more than I thought. You know, I thought, you know, people would have at least some technical know-how to do that stuff, but it, I realized that a lot of people are hacking those things. And, just and so is the DS. Want. The thing is that the, no, DS, the DS has a decent enough library one. to warrant, you know, people purchasing these games. See, the DS, Whereas... though, you can't hack for free. You have to buy one of those card things, right? And I think that's right. enough to, to slow it down some. Yeah. I think when you put, attach money to your hacking, that, that makes it uh, less desirable to do. They just made them illegal to sell on eBay, I think. Well, yeah, the, did they? The flashcards for for the for the DS. Nintendo yeah. made a deal with uh, Amazon. Mm-hmm. Wow, interesting. All right, well, that's it for PSP Go. That looks crappy. That disappoints me. So wait, wait, Manny, you wrote like half a Currents column about this thing. How do you feel yeah. about it now that it's more official? Is this, is this honest, in line with what you wrote? Uh, yeah, basically, is in line with what I wrote. What I wrote. Um, I'm not too happy about the aesthetics, but I think it's a very utilitarian design. It should be nice. I would. I mean, I, I would like saving ten to twenty dollars on games and downloading it directly to my system. Uh, yeah. I have a PS3. I can use that as my download hub. I have a big hard drive there. I honestly, think it'd be pretty good. It, this is a good chance for them to reboot the PSP. Oh, with a, so this is the same architecture and game compatibility as the PSP, then, isn't it? Yeah, it's just okay. basically a reskin. And that's why there's not a second stick then. Okay. Yeah, my my kind of hum and haw about this redesign is it seems to be basically aimed at people that have a PS3. Yeah. Why do you say that? I don't know. They just seem to be beefing up all of the connectivity oh. for the most part. Well, I mean, you can already connect um, over ad hoc with your PS3, so... I don't know. I think that if the, if they really embrace this UMD list thing, uh, it could pick up some steam, uh, and I think that would be its saving grace if it does, you know, do right. well. Well, let's... well, I think the best part, really quickly, is that it's a, it's smaller, it's thinner, yeah, it has longer battery life. I mean, that alone will make it a lot more playable. Yeah, the longer right. battery life and the smaller is what interests. I'm I'm really worried though. Um, the the design of this thing, if you're gonna play it for a long amount of time and you have a design that's uh flips up like this, it could get very top heavy and that could be very uncomfortable in your hands over a long period of time. It depends on how much it weighs. Plus no moving parts means you Well know, there is moving it's parts. It's a lot sturdier. You you're sliding it open. But I mean, like, yeah, but it locks. You know, I mean, the I DS know, doesn't have. Thing. Yeah, the DS is a clamshell design, but it's not. Well, this isn't a clamshell. Constantly moving. Though, yeah. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Hopefully they'll have it on the floor the and I can try it out. 
my main issue with the PSP is the battery life. And although having the UMD spin while you're playing is kind of distracting. Yeah, I don't so have if, it, if the battery lasts longer and there's no UMD in it, that's two big improvements, right? Yeah, mine's hacked, so I just rip all my UMDs to the card. I'm evil. I do hear it's going to be cheaper. Okay, so I... If it's all cheaper, right. I would pick one up. <laughs> all know? right, well, I take that back then, and this might succeed better than I thought, but... I, yeah, I, I, I haven't really, really get thought my hands about on the UMD listing a whole lot until... I really want to get my hands yeah. on So... All right, so that's our first uh, leak. Out the, well, not the first leak out of E3, but that's the first. That's the big one. It looks like so far. Um, first one relevant to us, anyways. <laughs> that's uh, man, that's disappointing. I really don't like to see these ahead of time because I really like to be surprised in the press conferences. That's one of my favorite parts. Yeah, um, we'll think of it this way. Day. We'll think of it this way. Now you won't be focusing on how ugly it is. You'll just be thinking about what it can do. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very true. Uh, yeah. So, no what are you guys controller. looking forward to coming out of E3 next week? I was excited about Front Mission, Front Mission of All, but third per- third person action game? Not so much. Yeah. You know, I, we I don't like have Front a story about this. There's no story about the Square Enix reveals this week's. Oh, because none of them are RPGs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't they have a World War II RTS coming out? To... Oh, they have Supreme Commander. They, they've Supreme got a publishing Commander. deal with some for some PC games, basically. Right. Supreme Commander Two and some World War Two thing and something. Wait, else. They, they're doing Supreme Commander yes. Two? Yes. Holy crap! Oh god, I don't know how that's gonna work. <laughs> Supreme Commander was such a weird, super technical game that didn't run on anything. I know. Uh, and which which is kind of in line so with all like the last first off PC so. games. Yeah, so you know that, that's a that's I a think it'll work out very game, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what else did Square Enix announce? Uh, they had a uh, there's the Near N I E R and Front Mission Evolved, which is a third person. Near is an action game. That's all they released, and then um, they're going to have show Crystal Chronicles Crystal Bearers. So mm. that's an RPG. We'll check that out and get that back to you next week. Week and I don't know what else. So why don't we kind of list off, you know, predictions or things you're looking forward to or things you're not looking forward to? Absolutely, Anna. Why don't you start since you'll need to leave soonest? What am I starting? <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to First, talk about what you're most looking it. forward to at E3. What your predictions are? Any sort of insights about the next week? And start paying attention. Um. Honestly, for me, I'm looking forward just to seeing all the people that I haven't seen in three years. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't like. Nice I'm going. Answer. I'm going there to work, and it's going to be a ton of work. But the thing that I really enjoy, honestly, about going to E3 is meeting all of the people or seeing them again. Like Mike is going to be there finally. Get to meet her after knowing her for almost three years. I haven't seen Graham since 2006. So Anna is excited to see the PR people, not their products. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the game, I mean, I have a list of games uh, that most of them have given me that, you know, I've picked out, okay, yeah, I want to see this and I want to see that. Some of them are for work and some of them are for RP Gamer. Okay. Actually, most of them are for RP Gamer. I'm seeing like two for work. <laughs> Good recovery. But, yeah, it's just, <laughs> I like the people. To me, that's the, always the highlight of E3. And Tom is uh, like the associate producer for Silent Hill 5. So I've been, or not Silent Hill 5, Silent Hill, I think it's like 7 or something. <laughs> it's the new one that's coming out for the Wii. It is Silent six. Hill 5. But 
Oh, or it is six, I guess. Is it? You know, well, you I don't, know you do, they don't have a number yet. Who the producer yet. is, Chris? Actually, it's just Silent Hill. What? You know who the producer is. I do. It's Tom Hewlett. Okay. Oh, I guess it would be seven. I don't Weird. know. Why do I know Tom? Because he used to do localizations for Atlas, and like the only petition RP Gamer ever hosted was for a game that he was making. Okay. I don't really know him, though. Okay. <laughs> you know you him. You talk to him a lot. <laughs> yeah, I've known him for like 10 years at this point. Okay. That's kind of scary. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> All right, let's, let's run through the big three then. Do you, do you have any, uh, what do you expect to see out of Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft? Um, Nintendo, I really, really hope they're going to give us a release date for the updated Wii Moat. Uh, oh, the Wii Motion Plus? Yes. Yeah. I expect to see that as well. They, they demoed In it fact, last year. They have it. Like, we're no, totally going to have it soon. They, they, they already did that. Hmm? They, are, they already did that. They dated um, the, the Wii Motion Plus and Wii Sports Resorts. They did it in April. And the, the uh, dates are... I'm bringing it up right now. Okay. In June for Japan and uh, July overseas. So you'll get that in July. Okay. Maybe they'll have actual playable versions at E3. Oh, I'm sure they will. From I don't know. Nintendo isn't really going to bust out any sort of interesting hardware announcement. So maybe we'll get a hint about the new Zelda coming up. Um, maybe they'll announce a new Mario game. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm expecting this to be a very, like, franchise year for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So I expect here franchise news did, did any of you guys read the destructoid article where they went to a real psychic for e3 predictions oh god <laughs> <laughs> a real psychic that was yeah. awesome well you know but the, the point being they went to a psychic like right. the kind you see in an apartment you know like madam christine in this case and had her do a tarot card reading for the three companies and then a, <laughs> then a crystal divination for a bunch of yes or no questions it was fantastic apparently well, nintendo's gonna release sequels sony's gonna make money hand over fist and then fail in december <laughs> microsoft is just gonna just gonna fail. stay the course apparently Oh. Yeah, like Sony, I expected to have <laughs> a new PSP, and they are. Apparently. And yeah. Xbox, Microsoft, I'm not really sure what they're going to do this year. They're not due for new hardware. But They're going to gloat. Okay. Gloat over they're, Sony. They're, they're going to gloat over Sony? Because that's all they can do. That, do. Like in 2006. All right, well, you got to do it every year. Yeah. You know, E3 is yearly. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just... Microsoft is kind of the big question mark for me. They're mm-hmm. they're the ones that I'm most interested in seeing what they're going to put out because I think Nintendo and Sony will be very predictable. I think Microsoft is going to bomb. I see one or two things happening. I see them either really going with this whole handheld idea, which is going to bomb, or I see them going with something like Home, which is going to bomb. Um, so I see them bombing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of faith for Microsoft in this E3, but who knows, you know. I don't know. Well, I, think, I mean, what, what do you think they would need to do for this? Uh, so my mindset is things like this. I'm not a big hype person. I don't really get, you know, loopy for games that are coming out in a long time. I don't care about Final Fantasy 13 because it's not coming out anytime this year. So right. like, my mindset for I3 is, E3 is it's a lot of incredibly rich CEO-type people acting like 12-year-old Console War fanboys from back whenever you were in middle school and you could only afford the Super Nintendo and therefore all your friends of Genesis is sucked. 
I mean, that's it's pretty much rich people going up there and thumping their chest. Well, and, it's called uh, doing your duty for your shareholders. Yeah, so so like <laughs> yeah, that, that's I what think, E3 think is to me. Like I, it's it's kind of goofy. Every now and then, some useful news will trickle out of it. But I think the presentations, for the most part, are a total ridiculous hey, waste. Hey, of Little Big Planet was revealed at an E3, so. Yeah, I don't care. I thought that was GDC. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I was there that year. I forgot. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I guess I'll probably pay attention to it because I'm, I'm, I'm using quotation marks in the air. I'm working from home next week, uh-huh. so I don't have much better to do than pay attention to E3. But usually, I ignore it, wait till it's over, and then kind of read highlights out of the news once all the mm-hmm. once all the BS has been filtered out of. You can be OMG. part of our home team. Yeah. OMG! I just heard this five minutes later. OMG! I just heard that, and none of it's important at all. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's what E3 is. Live updating at E3 is that to me. Well, so you know, everyone's hoping for lots of megatons, but uh, and it's not happening. Uh, well, the PSP I mean, Go would have been it, but it's all leaked out. <laughs> it's it's not. I don't even think the PSP Go would be it. I mean, this kind of even if this didn't leak, people would be kind of making these guesses. It wouldn't be a shock. It'd be a big announcement. Right. But everybody wants a new. Z- okay, so. To break it down a little bit for these, like Nintendo, everyone wants a new Zelda, right? And they, I don't know why everybody started expecting a new Zelda. It's not happening. They just announced a new one for the DS. (laughs) I I think that one needs to go to bed. There's no way a new Mario is coming out. It's been too soon. Mario takes way too long for a legitimate Mario franchise. Maybe a new Super Mario Brothers for like the DS. Nintendo burns through. The problem is you don't want to buy a new Mario every two years. I mean, you're pretty much buying the same game where they made the gameplay smoother in some way or the graphics yeah. prettier in some way like they don't, it only works on consoles because it comes out every five or six years yeah and but even then mario started, like, well they no 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 new super mario ds is what i think will be but uh, people took a dump on mario sunshine because it was like you know yeah. too much like the last mario game and they came out too close together no but new super mario brothers Zelda, for the ds do you remember that yeah like yeah. the actual one called new super mario but i don't mean like a new one for the ds i mean like a sequel to that one Right. That that's no, be more like cool what game. I would expect to see, not like an actual new Super Mario Brothers game. Because yeah, I mean, yeah, Sunshine was kind of. <laughs> I'm just. Not I like Sunshine. <laughs> I'm expecting it to it, wait it, a while. I never even owned it. You know, I had a GameCube and I like Mario games, but I never got Sunshine. I didn't even right. know when it came out until uh, months later. I saw a friend had it. So I mean, Nintendo's like kind of stuck where Nintendo just lives on first-party software. You can't be releasing a Mario every year and a Wii Sports every year and a Zelda every year and have people care. Maybe we'll buy it, but we don't care. Right. We're not going to like. Well, and I don't think that they do that. And the, you know, Wii Sports right, has right. been a couple years, but before we're getting a new one, at least. So. Uh. And that's why they're, or partly why their their presentation just bombed so bad last year. Was they were like. Oh, you liked Wii Sports, now Wii Music. It's like Rock Band, but with Wii, yay! And no- uh, yeah, Nintendo was doing what they needed to do, and honestly, they've been having success with it. It's yep. If you're now, just a hardcore gamer, the problem is that the third parties aren't stepping up on the Wii, and that's what right, it's been for That's why Nintendo, well, I don't really care about their precedence. GTA mean, wait, what, what are you saying, good. Manny? GTA DS was pretty good. That was announced at E3. Okay. Chinatown Wars? Yeah, I'm just not a GTA guy. You're probably the only no. GTA guy on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Do, do, do you guys? No, I am too. Uh, oh, do okay. you guys think that the, this whole third party doesn't exist on on Nintendo consoles? Argument? Well, is, I don't is think it doesn't exist. I just don't think. Well, that I'm just saying that it. that it's weak. Uh, I, I think it's starting to wear thinner as time goes on. I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of third party games on the Wii that are. No, that's that's cool. always been Nintendo's stance. That was their t- stance on the Nintendo, and then the Super Nintendo. They finally got a lot of third party software, yeah. and then mm-hmm. they bombed on the N64 because they had no third party software, and they bombed on the GameCube, yeah, that, and finally on the Wii, their first party software was so good. 
or their marketing strategy was so good and their Oprah strategy was so good. <laughs> and this Nintendo, since that was the way they fixed it. Western right. video game market completely crashed because, as usual, you know, capitalism, they all got too greedy. It made a bubble. It burst. The way Nintendo fixed it was they restricted who could make their games, and that way they could always charge 50 bucks for them and be rich, whereas mm-hmm. the Atari didn't have that. So, I mean, that's, and that's the mindset they've still had. And the console generations they win are when their first-party software is strong enough to move systems, and the ones they lose are when that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, I, just, I don't ever think Nintendo says anything I care about. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's so much the third party. But I think what would make an interesting talk. Nintendo press conference and an in- interesting Nintendo presentation at E3 would be the third parties at this point, because I just don't think we're ready for more yeah. big first party reveals. Yeah, yeah that's uh, the yeah. way it was in 08, so I don't see why. I, it would I be just don't think we've gotten to that next point yet. Maybe. I, you know, hopefully I could be surprised by something, because. You I know, mean, if I'm going to be something. surprised by anything Nintendo says, it would be a. You know, the only Megaton announcement they could do, I think, or for me, would be a surprise third-party game that somehow no one heard about and it's coming out this year and it's a game i would buy i think what's Anything more likely to be i think a more likely megaton would be a new miyamoto property like completely original oh a new ip that yeah pretty cool yeah, yeah that would be cool. be cool yeah or a new metroid I could I, do because if, if <laughs> you meant to sorry oh a, a new, new pikmin metroid? Um, oh. Well, the, a new Pikmin would be good. I just don't think they're far enough ahead on that. Wait, I thought new Pikmin kind of leaked a year ago. That's no, it leaked at GDC. He mentioned that they're working on it, but I don't think, you know, given how long their titles take, I don't think it's been enough time. But do you think that would be a big deal? Would that, would you no, gaga? I don't think that would be enough. Yeah, see, I wouldn't either. I, well, especially because we already know it's coming. But I mean, the Man, thing is, you know, to, I don't know, maybe if you could do something super unique in it. I'm not trying to diss Nintendo as a whole. It's just that's my mindset toward E3 and these big presentations. Honestly, I think in general, I think uh, hardcore gamers would be dissatisfied even if Reggie got up on stage and said, "We're bringing out Earthbound to the Virtual Console and Earthbound Three the DS." Right. I think they still wouldn't be happy. Oh, oh no, I would I love that. We would be very happy, but I, I don't think that would be enough to sate it. That would be a, no. That, so... that that would be a Megaton announcement that would get me happy. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that all seventeen people who want Earthbound Mother Three to come out would be happy, but that's about it. You know, <laughs> uh, I I just think that it, it's kind of like you know Survivor, where every every E three one one <laughs> one company gets kind of like a I won't get voted off the island card, and it's whoever's selling the most. So I think that right now Sony and Microsoft <laughs> Nintendo has immunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nintendo could just go up and be like, uh, yeah, we're gonna be releasing. Zelda and Mario maybe sometime and Boy. they can walk away and that'll be it and that that would be fine. Okay. You know? If Nintendo announced Baroque 2, that would do it for me. Well, or Nintendo wouldn't announce off that. With like Mario characters in it, that would do it for me. A, a Baroque spinoff with Mario characters? Yeah, I'd, I'd be all over that. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. How, uh, how about Sony? Let's focus on Sony some. What, what would they... What do you expect to see from them? What should they... You know what should they? What be a reasonable megaton from them? I, you know, I think Sony at this point, because we're so far into the generation, um, it they've gotten to a point where people finally know what a PS3 is and how to program for it. And what they need to do is just to start pumping out the, these titles. Because I mean, late into the console's life is how. Sony usually operates. A PlayStation 2 launch was really, really slow, and so, well, the PS1 kind of picked up speed sooner. But, you know, I, I think that they just need to concentrate on these huge titles and, and not worry so much about, you know, pushing home and pushing all these other peripheral things that don't... Like, you have to convince gamers that this is an awesome gaming console before you can get them to, to, to check their Facebook on it, you know? Uh, and I think that, that 
the if they concentrate on, on kind of pushing third-party development, pushing their big titles to the forefront, showing everything that people are doing with the PS3 now, that they'll have a decent E3. I actually expect some good things from Sony this year. Um, if they're going to release a new PSP, they have to have a lot of new Megaton games to come with it, right? Right. And they have to push PSN. Since this has no UMD slot, you have to have a great storefront. You have to have great things to download, like new movies, new shows, music videos, even a music service. I mean, Sony Music alone, how many titles do they have there? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff they should do with those download things. Partner uh, first, with hold Netflix. on. First, first of all, I need to say Anna needs to take off now. Thanks for being on, Anna. Um, I'll see you <laughs> tomorrow, actually, tomorrow evening. I yes, think. and I have your Christmas present. Ooh, yay. It's <laughs> in my pants right now because I don't want them to squish it. I don't know what that means, but okay. I'll let you know on the podcast. Oh, and as a party note for those that are listening, if you play Team Fortress 2, there is a new Gerardi skin out of Lon Lon Milk. So go get it. It's awesome. Gerardi skin. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, Anna. Talk to you later. No problem. Bye. Manny? Manny. Yeah. Manny, I got your Christmas dress right here in my pants. Thank you. Are you uh, you scared for tomorrow now, Chris? Uh, very. I, what was she talking about, Gerardi skin? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I it's a skin for something. I just don't know what Gerardi okay. is. Whatever. <laughs> All right, Manny. What were you saying? Okay. Right. We well, were talking oh, about yeah, PSN just... and what Sony needs to do for their network stuff. And yeah. Well, I've written a few uh, columns recently where uh, Howard Stringer has been talking about how they really need to strengthen PSN. That's one of their new goals going forward, and they understand what they need to do to push that f- service forward. And I'm thinking, if you're going to have a download-only machine like the PSP, the new PSP Go, you have to have a strong PSN. So they're yeah. probably going to chuck a lot of those new features out. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, do you think? Do you guys expect to see anything more with Home, or are they just going to try and ignore it? You know, they're probably going to broadcast Home. Oh, okay. I mean, E3 from into Home. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They, they would have they, had to they announce can't that. Give now. up on it. It's it's too much of a financial. Um, you know, they actually do pretty well with home. I've heard they sold over a million uh, chairs and T-shirts oh, at home. Gosh. And like each one cost a dollar to do a dollar fifty. They're doing pretty so well. Sad. Okay. <laughs> it is sad. Well, you They're can't just buy one person. chair. What happens if people come over? Only one person sits at a time. You have to buy them in sets. Well, that's kind of like home, isn't it? Where you have to wait in line to do anything. <laughs> They've made that better. They fixed that a bit. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't have to wait in line to watch movie trailers anymore? Well, now, not, well, now 30 people can do something at once. So if you're number 31, then you have to wait in line. Uh-oh. It's just a longer... longer they longer buy chairs capacity. so the people who wait in line can sit down. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's what PSN needs, lazy boys. Uh, do you guys... <laughs> Did you guys see the trailer for the the third Eco Team project? Yeah, yeah. I'm with the, really the Griffin with no wings. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I don't know if we're gonna see it here. Oh, I think Ever? we will. I hear good rumors that we are. Uh, and if anything, at E3. Well, that video that was shown was just a target video. So whatever's gonna be shown pretty soon is gonna be like a million times better. You think? Okay, I hope so. Yeah, I was happy with the target video. Honestly, I just I just want to play it already. <laughs> <laughs> Looks great. <laughs> um, what are we missing? Microsoft. Um, well, I, I, are we done with Sony? That you guys don't expect to really see much from Sony other than I, PSN stuff. I don't know. What about third-party stuff on the Sony? Nothing. Uh, my my thoughts on the PS3 are that I don't own one, so I don't care a whole lot about what. Sony so the PSP the PS3 Slim was another big rumor. I'm I'm sure you covered that too, Manny, right? 
Um, I was going to, but then then the the Taiwanese uh, cease and desist letter thing really gives it some yeah. credibility. So I don't know. Um, the same mole who leaked uh, the PSP Ghost saying that there is indeed a PSP a PS3 re- uh, slim coming, but you won't see it at E3. Ah. They need to sell out of the stock that they have now, and if they announce a new PS3 at E3, no one's going to buy it. the current one. They're just going to wait for the new one. Hmm. Is Bayonetta the PS3 one? Bayonetta is cross-platform, I believe. Oh. Yeah, it is. Game it's cross-platform. So weird. Yeah, well, it, you know, it it's Devil like May Cry got, with hair. I don't know. <laughs> that It looks like they got the character design out of Second Life, you know? Okay. So, so you're, Manny, what you're saying is Sony can't do to the PS3 what Bethesda did to Fallout 3, where they were like, in five months, you'll be able to get the game and all the expansions for the same price. And then the next week, Amazon had to put all their Fallout 3 games on half price because no one would buy it. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. I well, I mean, know. really, I don't think the deal. Well, all right, fair enough. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, they have Mag coming out. They have uh, God of War is going to be there. I mm-hmm. mean, that's a Megaton right there. God of War. Well, it's it's not an announcement. Megaton kind of needs to be new. I guess unannounced. All right. So the big thing is probably the PSP, and that's been taken out from under them by a leak. So fair enough. Um, that's Sony. That's Sony. Microsoft. Are they just going to stay this course like the psych? Psychic says, or should we see new stuff like this rumored motion controller? I think that'll probably pull be there. That'll probably be there. Okay. I don't know. You know, I, I just. Oh, I think what might be actually really interesting that we're not expecting is uh, how Zoom HD is going to integrate with the Xbox. I, I'm totally expecting. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up. I think that there's going to be an XNA kit for the Zoom HD, and I think they'll unveil it at E3, and basically they're going to have an app store like the iPhone does. Yeah. I think that's. They're basically the, replacing. They're basically replacing the Xbox Live Marketplace and just calling that Zoom, so why wouldn't they? Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Wait, wait did they announce that too already? Well, the video marketplace is going to be gone, and they're going to just call it the Zoom Marketplace now for video. Oh, that totally makes sense. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I I think that's happening. Um, Do you think it's going to take? Yeah, because I bet you they'll make it free to develop for, and the iPhone costs 100 bucks to develop for. Well, could you imagine getting achievements on the go? Or That'd do you have to, you know, I take that back. You have to pay to post on XNA, don't you? Yeah, and also, do people, I mean, are people really going to get another handheld? Like, that's the that's big really thing, right? There's a lot of people uh, who hate Apple on principle, and I think this would appeal to them. Zune is a media <laughs> device, not a handheld. But a lot of people hate Microsoft on principle, too. And they've right. got Apple phones. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is competing not with an iPhone, but with an iPod Touch, right? So, yeah, basically. I mean, it has all yeah. the features of an iPod Touch, as from what I can tell, and probably has some more connectivity options that Apple won't allow. So, I think that's a strong argument for it, right there. It's the engage OLED again. screen. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an engage because it's not a phone. Oh. I, it's meant as a portable music media device. That I, I, you know, people talked about the rumored Microsoft handheld, and I think this is a much smarter way to do it because you don't have. Uh, you know, with a normal handheld like a PSP or a DS, you have to get all that third-party support, right? And that's where the PSP is kind of really struggling right now. But, sorry, Noodle is stabbing me in the chat room. Hi, Noodle. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, so, you think the PSP has a lot of trouble having third-party support? I think there was, there's a time, yeah, because the third parties don't want to develop for it. There's a lot of pressure on it because it's such a highly pirated system that that's why there's not a lot of, you know, game releases for I don't it right think now. that's true. Uh, that's what the interviews have been saying. 
they can't I get third parties to do it because no, of the third piracy. parties are complaining about the piracy on it, and you know it's got such a huge uh, it, the, the the sales of actual PSP software is terrible. Like nothing's charting in the top ten like yeah, for the past abysmal. year. Well, have you looked at the PSP games that have come out? They're kind of... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Why aren't there better games here? And it seems like people yeah. don't want to focus their top efforts on it. If people are just going to pirate it. I, I, you know, I don't think piracy is the only reason, but I don't know, understand what the reasons well, are. I think if I were a game developer, a scary thing about the PSP is that you know Sony realized a couple of years ago that the UMD was a total failure. And at some point, they're going to have to abandon that. And yeah. Do you really... And then, you know, the PSP is already lost to the DS. So... If you wanted to make a new game, why would you make it on the system that didn't sell as well, where development costs are higher, on a format that you know Sony's going to abandon sometime in the next okay, year so or two? Okay, so thank you for making the argument for me, then. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I agree with that part. I just... <laughs> but the point is, uh, the, it's hard to get that third party on there, especially when you've got such a successful system like a DS that's got all the installed base. So, to, it, you know, Apple did it largely because they just opened this store open that people could just develop whatever the heck they felt like in charge of whatever they wanted and it was able to get success and apparently it's been very successful now your games bang and then they fizzle out really quickly you don't have a long life on them but there's so many people getting in there and getting a bit of money that it's you know people are looking at it as a serious thing um so for microsoft entering it like this without all the worrying about third-party publisher relationships and getting everyone on board i think makes i think is a better way to enter into the handheld market right now rather than trying to go toe-to-toe with the PSP and DS. I still think that it's a risky move to enter into handheld market right now at all. I don't think it is, and here's why. Because it doesn't really cost them much. A Zune costs the same price as an iPod. Yeah, I mean, they want to release a new Zune anyway, right? Yeah, pretty much. So what does it really hurt them to just throw in an API for game development? Maybe throw in some Xbox Live support, throw in some achievement support. I mean, wouldn't you want to get achievements on the go? I think think the cost benefits on this are probably a really good ratio. Victor, why do you think that now specifically is a bad time to enter a handheld? I just think that that if you look at uh, how how the iPhone is doing, if you look at the DS, I think we're reaching a point of almost saturation. And throwing another, uh, another, you know... um, console in the market which is going to have its own massive install especially if you have you know your indie developer backing it yeah i just think it's going to get to a point where people are going to stop caring i'm going to, i'm going to say that now this i think those reasons are exactly why they have to do it now because yeah. if they don't the zoom doesn't have a prayer in the future and plus if you look at this year i mean nintendo's kind of hit a peak and spinning its wheels with a dsi i mean that's not really anything new and it right. looks like the PSP Go is kind of the same thing, like spinning the wheels of the PSP, more moving sideways than moving forward. So if you're going to try to throw out a new handheld game and have it do so much more than just play games, I would say now is – like if you did it two years ago, that was some tough competition. And if you wait for Nintendo to actually put out a new handheld or Sony to put out a new, more forward-thinking handheld, if you wait a couple of years, that would be bad. I would think right. this year would be a great time to announce a handheld that does new things. I think competing with the iPhone is probably a better point, though. If you're going to compete with the iPhone, now is not a great time to do it. No, but I I just don't think they can wait any longer because I think the iPhone is just going to get further and further ahead if they don't have... Well, they're going to announce a brand new iPhone like on the day after E3. Yes, they are. The week after E3, the Tuesday after or or whatever. But but there's another important point about the Zune HD that if you, presumably, if you buy media content on one device, you'll have them for both. So I mean, a lot of people use their Xbox 360 as a home media as a home media center. 
They watch, right. they stream Netflix, they watch movies, they rent movies. And wouldn't that be great to be able to take those movies on a OLED screen with you anywhere? It, it would be. I just the battery think... that lasts more than an hour and a half? Well, an OLED is like... <laughs> that it's actually should last quite a long time if it's an OLED yeah. screen. Yeah. I'm just um, like, you know, being fun of the UMDs on the PSP. <laughs> I, I think if they pushed it, that the online connectivity, I think if they they push the you, you know connectivity with with uh, XBL and all that thing, and and then they, they really work that angle, then maybe they have a you know uh, an ice cube's chance in hell. But still, I, I think that as long as they don't expect this thing to 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 sell at ds proportions which i know they're not i, I wouldn't no. not even clo- like not even psp proportions i see this being as a third alternate it's kind of like the libertarian party you know i think well, it's a zoom with game capabilities more than a game capability it's with not zoom. a handheld console think of it as like the alternative to buying a real an ipod or you get a zoom you know yeah and victor it'd be smarter if they're selling them and at least breaking even that would be different than if they're doing the Sony strategy and it costs them $400 to make a Zune and then they're selling it for 150 yeah. That would, I think, make this a terrible time to do it. But if they're no, doing more than a Nintendo side where you're making money each time you sell one, then that, I wouldn't see there really being any risk. But you know I think the most uh, amazing I, thing about this is? Is that we're actually talking about a Zune and we actually somewhat care about what's going to happen. I, thought the, I, you know, I <laughs> felt true. that the Zune as a music player has had a lot of things that the iPod doesn't for a while. Uh, the only yeah. reason I have an iPhone is because... You know, I just want one device. I would love a Zoom Pass. I mean, a Zoom Pass Zoom on my pass Xbox is really compelling. That subscription service, fifteen bucks a month, access to like the entire library and ten songs that you get to keep per month. That's a good that deal. Would be amazing. Yeah, um, uh, have that on your Zoom and on your Xbox. The thing is, there's no way I'm going to buy Zoom HD since I already have an iPhone. Right, and that's, that, the, that's the kicker. That's yeah. the kicker. Uh, and I don't know how that's going to work out for them. I think they're going to try and go after a market that's looking for a music player that isn't an Apple product. And having the game store there helps them capitalize among those people what Apple's been doing among the people by iPhones and getting them all those tiny little purchases on the App Store. So, oh. Because, I, I mean, the name of the game nowadays is kind of like, uh, well, these people that bought the iPhone aren't, aren't buying an iPhone because they want a gaming console. So go after those guys because obviously that's an unexploited market. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, that, I, there's certainly a lot more steam in that group. So The real question is, will I be able to resist getting one of these things eventually if some really good games come out for it? I hope so. <laughs> well, the worst part is every time you turn on every time you turn on your Xbox, they're going to be reminding you of all the great things that are on this machine. <laughs> That's why I hope it'll be very easy for them to port those games on Xbox Live Arcade as well, so I can play them there. Yeah. I hope so, but who knows? We'll see. <laughs> and also, it'll matter if Microsoft does it all well, or if it's going to be like another Engage. Oh, see, that's that's the thing. I don't know. I, I'm just kind of. I, I guess I'm just cautious. I, I have a bad feeling about Microsoft this year, and I don't know why, and it's probably unfounded. So, you know. All hmm. right. Um, Microsoft, that's Nintendo, and that's Sony. That's. Yeah. Wait, did we actually talk about any Microsoft games? <laughs> no, we forgot. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I sorry. know. They could announce a new development studio for The Witcher on the 360. That would be a good announcement for games. Mm, do we really want another studio? I mean, CD Projekt and... Uh, they died. They're done. They hate each other. Oh, really? They total... Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, I did not know Oh, I, I thought, see. I know I see that it got canceled or delayed or what. I think they're in lawsuits now. Yeah, like they have oh. lawyers screaming at each other now. So they're, I don't think we'll done. see any new announcements about that until that's done. Yeah, oh, I one. Hate it. Sorry. <laughs> Sad. I'm going to play the Witcher. Oh, one a big... 
one big Microsoft announcement is uh, I hear uh, Lionhead Studios has something to say at the E3 press conference. Oh, that's right. Molony is up. It's Fable up. 3? Atlantics. <laughs> uh, or Fable 2 for the PC. It's been long enough. Yeah. My Bastard. opinions on Lionhead announcements can't be expressed without swearing, so I'll keep them to myself. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like Black and White 2? <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, like God, them was... talking about games that haven't come out yet. I because buy they promise games. things that that aren't actually in the games. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That. Uh, he just gets excited. Bombastic. He can't help it. Yes, it's, it's just too bombastic. I'll, I'll wait until the real deal's out. What's yeah. in the store shelf, and people start talking about what's in the game, then I'll listen. Do you like the movies? What movies? In the oh, movies. the game, the movies. Yeah. I never played it. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was all right. If you're a Sims fan, you should grab it. The oh, the like all right by EA. Yeah, so is really there aren't any other Microsoft games we care about, are there? Like, would, you know, what we haven't heard of for a while is another big console release from Miss Walker, right? Right, that's true. And that's been typically on the Microsoft is where they announce those because they have a. They're, they they're, haven't announced them, it yet. Have, I thought they'd already been dropping rumors about it. I don't really what? pay attention to stuff like that this well. But. Well, what did you remember hearing? Refresh my memory. Uh, if I'm thinking about the right thing, Gooch said that whatever the next 360 game he's working on, it'll be like more of a big deal. It, it won't be like a throwback, repetitive, redundant Final Fantasy rehash of the original NES version, like Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey were. Like the last thing we heard out. about was them canceling Cryon. I'm really sure there was an announcement since then where he said he was working on something that was going to go outside the box for okay. an RPG. Hmm. Nah, do I feel like looking it up now? Blue I don't know, I don't. Blue Dragon 2, someone's linking. Okay. No, no, not Blue Dragon 2. That's exactly the opposite of what I was talking uh, about. Sakaguchi did confirm there's a planning of... Sa- oh, great. Like, we need another one. All right. I thought the first was one too many. Uh, yeah, Okay. Uh, anyway, if if that's happening, we'll hear about that at the Microsoft press conference. That'll be a big deal. Squaresoft has an MMO unveiling, don't they? Um, I, there's been oh, talk I, of that. I hear talk of like what uh, Lotro is going to be on Xbox 360, right? Is that going to be there at the show? Is it really? Holy crap! You know, I've heard a couple people say that, but I've not seen the source for that at all. I, I think saw. It was, I saw like a one-up rumor. Yeah, I think it was on one up or joystick that I saw something like that, but I didn't really read it. But that's that's a really that would be weird. Yeah, I don't think. But that I don't makes... know if it'd be a bad thing because I mean, Lotro is essentially wow with a Lord of the Rings. I really game. like Lotro. I would be playing it now if people would play with me, but nobody wants yeah. to. Uh, hey, I would love same. a great uh, MMO on a console. That'd be great. Yeah, that's well, not uh, yeah, it hasn't done too well lately. <laughs> when people try it, but. <laughs> So his quote know. online is Sakaguchi said he's working on something that's a large-scale project that he's betting a lot on. MMO. That would that's be all he said. No, that, so, yeah, yeah. that could be an MMO, but so it's it, not a real announcement. So they could they could make a real announcement. Yeah, that could be a big deal. That'd be cool to see. That would make the Microsoft press conference for me. Um, I don't expect any other bombshells like, by the way, <laughs> Final Fantasy XIII is also coming to 360. <laughs> Because that oh, nothing. I want RPG where I can use my avatars. <laughs> Play WoW. <laughs> Play WoW. <laughs> um, let's see what else. I don't know. There's so many rumors, but a lot of the stuff is unfounded. Uh, which is, I guess, typical. 
for E3. How about PC Assassin's stuff? Anyone care about the PC side? I think Assassin's Creed 2 is going to be announced, or, I mean, it's going to be shown at least, which is the opposite. But yeah, no, I, I've heard that Assassin's Creed 2 is going to be all up in arms there. Mm-hmm. Okay. None of you like Assassin's Creed. <laughs> no, I haven't I played know. it yet. I'm, it's sitting, I have the collector's I edition. It's just sitting on my shelf here. I think mm. what's been said about Assassin's Creed 2 is kind of Lionhead-ish. They're like, oh, all those things you hate about Assassin's Creed, we fixed all of them. This game is perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah, we made all, those really in- about, all the promises we made about Assassin's Creed 1 and then it disappointed people. Now, this time we're making promises and they're all true. I just I just love the setting that they're going to do. So, you know, I'm just basing off that. It's going to be Florentian and very, very Renaissance-y. So. Sweet. Uh, see, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing Half-Life of Episode 3. Uh, oh, Fallout Vegas! I want to see it really bad. Oh, what about a Portal Two? Portal Two would be good, right? Portal Two would be awesome, but I don't know. I mean, would Portal be awesome the second time around? I haven't played Portal yet. Don't hurt me. Oh. I will. I swear. It takes three <laughs> hours. Takes what hours. are you waiting for? <laughs> I haven't had a 360 for a year yet. Sounds- you know, oh, I've been on uh, a PC, right? For the last oh, seven effect. months, I've been working in states I don't live in, and I can't take a 360 to a hotel with me on the plane. Right, 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 right. But uh, Mass Effect like My console gaming over the last seven months has been pretty slim. Just go fix that. Go get the orange well, box. I I'm working from home this week. Yeah, That's lots of console gaming. <laughs> Mass Effect 2. Mass Effect 2. Um, I'm sure we'll see that at the Microsoft conference. Dragon Age. Dragon Age. Which... I've raved enough about. Yeah, Come I on. think you have. <laughs> I'd like the new PSP RPGs to go with that new system. So what I'm hoping for is that's I guess the thing I you know as an RPG gamer I care about is some more Japanese RPGs being announced. For um, what console? Anything? 360, because they don't tend to have a lot of them. So that's been that's been changing lately, and I'm hoping this year will mark you know an even more. Strong well, hasn't, hasn't Atlas been pretty quiet about what's coming out in the second half of the year? Like, really quiet? Um, I would love Shin Megami on a next-gen I suppose they have, but didn't they already announce their E3 lineup? Uh They do yeah, have maybe, a few surprises, don't they? They? Yeah. they have to have some surprises coming, because yeah. Mac asked them for surprises. Yeah, you're right. They must. Yeah. Oh, there's a Star Trek MMO. Does anybody care about that? I like uh, Star Trek. Yeah, which iteration of that is Star this? Trek MMO has two things in it I really don't care much for. What? <laughs> Star, Star Trek, Trek and MMOs. MMOs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's uh, I think, I think that's uh, enough for our speculations because we're running, I think we're running dry. Is probably the only company that can do something that would make me happy at E3. Oh. Everyone else will just be there for me to laugh at. Okay. Yeah. Oh, FF7 FPS. We know it's no. Kind of- they already did it. It's called Dirge of Cerberus. They already did that. Yeah, they did it and it was terrible and they'll never do it again. They're not going to do no, that again. You play as Barrett in no. L.A. No. <laughs> hey, wait. Texas is a real location in uh, the world of Final Fantasy VII. Maybe you'll be Barrett in Texas. <laughs> is it? There you go. <laughs> one in the, the Wild West. There's one of the places you can go in. There's a neon. There's like a bar, and one of the signs in the background says like Texas beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things that worked in. That's nice. <laughs> there you go. That that that's gonna happen. Oh goodness. All right. Well, let's wrap up. Um, lots of stuff to be excited about for next week. The, uh, I'm I'm excited because I get to be there. Manny gets to be there too. I'm doing the three. The three-hour RPG cast are you going to have on Tuesday? I don't know. 
Um, yeah, I was going to say, wait, when are you going to put this podcast up? Is uh, it going to go up in the E3? I'm going to try and put it up today. Awesome. That's, really? that's my awesome. goal. Yeah. I'm so, impressed. I'd be because it, it, yeah, I'm not going to send it over to Ed. I'm just going to crank it out. It won't have the as good of an audio sound as when Ed does it, but uh, it'll be up and good people thing have time to listen to it thing before I the show starts. I was going to intentionally curse when we were talking about Lionhead, but I, I'm glad now I didn't for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no sad ferrets. <laughs> no sad ferrets. Uh, and then, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm expecting lots of things we didn't expect. I'm expecting the unexpected, which you can't do. And you're so lame. I'm so lame. <laughs> you said that like you just made the expression up. Uh, Shut up. I am the first person to put those words in that particular <laughs> order. <laughs> oh, we miss it. It's going to be a good show, and I'm yeah. I'm excited. I I do the think hot, there's going to the be things fire people don't. Joke? Yeah. I, I think that there's going to be surprises. Everyone's saying there's going to be no surprises. I think there'll be some good surprises. We'll see. And until next week, then, this is RPG Cast. Uh, thank you to Manny and Victor and Glenn and Anna for being on today. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. It was a pleasure to be here. <laughs> thank you, chat room people, for being in the chat room. You guys are awesome. Noodle, Draconis, Xerox, Pilkington, JC Servant, uh, Astro Kitty, um, Sir Erdrick, and whoever else I'm missing. And thanks for listening to this really, really long show. I hope it wasn't too boring for you. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Please follow us on um, Twitter at twitter.com slash rpgamer. Please also review us on iTunes and uh, leave us a post on the podcast in the thread at board.rpgamer.com. Uh, that's it, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Later. Later.